0: Welcome back to going along on first coming back at uh, another week, a week ago. Uh, we're a couple of days later this week. So, uh, typically we'll jump into each of the preseason each week, uh, coming at you a little bit later in the week. Um, so we're just a couple of days before preseason week three. So we won't jump into, um, week two too much. Uh, we'll talk Packers Eagles a little bit, of course, uh, jump into that. um, You know, we'll talk some news quick. Uh, We'll jump into our playoff predictions. Last week we did our award predictions, uh, wrote down our MVPs. We'll jump into our top five most excited players to watch this season. We didn't do that last week either, kind of ran too long. We'll do some fantasy outlook with Owen, and then we'll finish with some trivia. Um yeah, so that that's going to be the show today. Owen is back, Jeremy is back, the gang is back once again. The Glad gang is bang bang bird gang. Go. We'll go with that. Absolutely. Sure. It. If that's if that's going to be our, our slogan, then let's go. Also,
1: also you said we went long last week and you know, may, maybe some would say that we did, but you know, we're always going long, Owen. El- first. Oh, absolutely, yeah. or or any other day of the month, either you know that works too. Any other so, down, just go long,
0: throw long, <laughs> throw deep. Hey, go big or go home.
2: Hey, that's, that's Seth Madden's offense. That's right there. Seth, that
0: is Seth Madden's offense. <laughs> hey, I'm pretty sure I went to the Super Bowl and lost to Jeremy almost every year on those plays. So
2: fourth and one, dude's throwing a bomb to Julio. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You'll never suspect it. Yeah, I mean, who, who's gonna who's gonna prepare for that?
2: When the first Kevin point, King sure isn't. I was ooh. gonna say when the when. The, ooh. You know what? So the, we ain't gonna dive into
1: that. <laughs> no, we're not. That's right. That's the smart smart option. We do not need to get into that. All I oh, meant yeah. to bring up was, it's never. You know, it can never be too long, for if I'm just continuously telling you guys that you're wrong about football and I'm the one that's right like I never get sick of that that's why we're here every week you guys sit down you listen to me talk about football and you maybe kind of chime in a little bit but I'm here to tell you that you're wrong and it's
0: great it's a great time you know I'm glad you're here listening I'm glad we at least agree on one thing Owen so that's one thing more than Jeremy and I usually agree on and, and I me and Jeremy agree on.
2: Yeah. I got nothing. I got nothing for you right
0: now. Hey, hey Jeremy, remember about a month ago when you were sitting uh, through a podcast in a storm?
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: That's, that's what's happening right now. I'm hearing this
2: storm i seeing flashes, yep. yeah. Yeah, I
0: just saw a couple flashes of lightning. Just heard some thunder. So.
2: Nothing here. You know, when I was, uh, I drove about an hour north today. And uh, when I left my house, it was a beautiful sunny day. And then as I got about mm, 20 minutes from here, bang, I was like, "Mm, it smells like somebody's having a a fire. Then I get a little farther north and I'm about an hour north. And what do you know? It's completely uh, hazed over with, with smoke and then had a little bit of rain. And then as I was coming home, no rain, but it's clear here. But I I thought we were supposed to get hit with a real thunderstorm, but it must be going to south of us. So
0: yeah, it's, it's hitting here. I mean, it's nothing bad or anything, but. Just saw some lightning, heard some thunder, reminded me of that um, that good night first, first song. Absolutely, I have Let's no idea what you are talking about, but okay. Let the thunder
2: roll.
0: Ooh. Oh yeah, Star okay. okay.
1: Imagine Dragons song. No, uh, the lightning, the lightning, oh, and the thunder. Yeah, become, I hate that song. Hate that song. Yeah, I too. I mean, I it don't played even know that song. I feel like it's one of those songs that plays on, like, college game day Saturday morning, like, continuously. Yeah, I could it's see like that. every commercial break after Kirk Herbstreet says that
0: uh, Ohio State's going to win it all.
2: They're kind of like a, like a little bit of an alternative rock band, right?
0: Uh, yeah. Not anymore, really. They kind of turned into, like, a pop group.
2: <laughs> what? I was going to say, I don't know that song, but I know Garth Brooks. Maybe I need to put on my flannel and my cowboy hat.
0: Yeah. You moved to the right city then, Jim. Think so, anyways, let's get to some football, huh? Yeah. Speaking
1: of that, I just wanted to mention that I believe this weekend is Week Zero in college football, which means the first week of meaningful football this weekend. Ground zero football that
2: actually matters.
1: It's called it's called Week Zero, but you got some incredible matchups.
2: Um, you got
0: like Ohio State playing um, Florida East Atlantic. University Southern kind of thing,
1: yeah, or maybe something a little more known. <laughs> I'll get the schedule quick.
0: You know, that's what I always think of with like the first week of college football is these big Division One schools just terrorizing Division Three schools. They I usually just agree. A
2: tiny school and just slaughter them seventy something to nothing with their third string, you know. Off for about agree.
0: $2 million. But the yep.
1: first, I think the first game of the weekend is Nebraska <laughs> Illinois, which is a legit, legitimate Big Ten matchup, which never happens week two. Yeah. What's now. up with that? I agree. Ohio State plays Minnesota. What?
2: Why are we. So, uh, Their bye week must be week two.
0: They're, they're not bye doing bye. like a, just a conference schedule, are they? Is that happening?
2: I think it kind
1: of, it is, kind of it's sort of. It
2: different this year, if I remember right. The it State's is. Like,
1: Mm-hmm. Plus, um, it was just announced that, well, I don't know if it was finalized, but in response to the SEC taking in, and this is, you know, this is football. It doesn't have to be NFL football all the time. But with the SEC taking in um, Texas and Oklahoma, the Big Ten, the Pac-12 and the ACC, I believe, have kind of formed like an alliance of sorts to have easy non-conference games between all those teams. So the scheduling is going to be wildly mixed up if that happens.
0: Owen, oh, I I hate to break it to you, but I think you're a week off. Well,
1: I'm kind of looking at it a little bit now, but I am seeing for sure Nebraska-Illinois this Saturday. This Saturday? Okay. We there try to roll
2: with some facts here on the spot. There
1: There are a handful that do definitely start Saturday.
0: Okay, because I'm, I'm looking at this Ohio State-Minnesota play next Thursday. Thursday, yeah, which is still pretty close. It is, a week away. Hey, I mean, Badgers play Saturday. Ooh, that'll be a good one. I I guess I didn't realize we were so close. We
1: are there pretty much. Penn State-Wisconsin next Saturday.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to get to a Badger game this year. Oh, yeah, but it's going to happen. Off topic. Anyways, all right. So, NFL news. Not much out there, you know, preseason. I mean, there's going to be some cuts, so I'm sure next week we'll be talking about some surprise veteran cuts, things like that. There's some injury news for the Packers we'll get to in a minute. Uh, but oh, one big news that I thought we'd mention, uh, Sonny Michelle traded to the Rams for a conditional fifth, sixth, fourth round pick. Um, right now it stands as a fifth and a sixth, but as we were talking before we got on here that um, it's, Conditional fourth, if the Rams get a comp fourth round comp pick for John Johnson, uh, who signed with the Browns. So, if they get a compensatory pick for that one, um, that'll go to the Patriots. So, most likely will be for a fourth round pick. A guy who was drafted in the first round, what just three years ago, four years ago, not four too years, long I ago, believe. um, now traded to the Rams, who obviously lost their top back. Um, earlier this summer, so they figured they'd be looking for somebody. So I guess how does uh, Michelle play into this role? Um, Cam Akers is the guy they lost, right?
2: Correct. Yes. yes.
0: So it'll be him and Henderson, I assume, will be the the duo there. And um,
2: If LA. I had to take a stab at it, I would assume Henderson is going to kind of be the, the like the flashy third down back, I would assume. And then uh, Michelle, I would assume, would kind of be who you're toting out there on on first down and maybe on, you know, short yardage situations. But they're both kind of – they're not terribly different, but Michelle's a little probably not as fast and elusive. It might be a really good situation to see Sony Michelle really pop off, though, because, I mean, he was solid at Georgia. I mean, he might really turn into something here in, in L.A. His first couple
0: years in New England, too, he was pretty solid. I think he went back-to-back, uh, 900-yard seasons, didn't quite hit um, – a thousand, but it was pretty close. Um, so, you know, his first couple years in New England were pretty solid last year. I think he had some injuries, stuff like that. So I guess moving on. Um, yeah. But yeah. Him and Henderson, I think will be a good duo.
1: I think he'll probably end up, it might take a week or two, but McVay's already said like, he's about to, he's going to come in and be a quick study and be a big contributor by the time they play Chicago week one. I mean, over three seasons with some injury mix-ins in there, plus being, one of three running backs that get heavily used in a New England offense. He still had 2,300 yards and 14 touchdowns over three seasons. So it's like this guy, he's he's definitely worthy of this role and the price that they paid for him. So I'm excited to see it.
2: Well, they got him for, I mean, pennies on the dollar, honestly. I mean, for for what could be like a, a top end, I wouldn't say a top five back, but I mean, for who could be, you know, one of the 15 – or better starting running backs in the a league starter.
1: Yeah. He can be yeah. a starter. Yeah, for sure.
2: He could be, you know, an every down back shit. If you really wanted him to, you know, right.
0: hundred percent. I think it'll, uh, I mean, obviously only adds to that offense. Um, like I said earlier, I mean, you think they're going to be looking for somebody to replace acres and not like he's going to replace the production of acres, but to bring in something at least to add to that offense for mr mvp matthew stafford right jeremy
2: yeah i right precisely all
0: right cool cool um you know other other um speaking of injuries owen i think we are week one for mr don't say it don't say it adory jackson ah he is officially on the injury watch list um just just wanted to point that out there that uh you know he's um suffered a low ankle sprain and he is now in doubt for week one so before the even season even started he's already on the injury list
1: that's that's so look i mean it's a it's obviously the joke and the irony of it like I don't know if he's played it down since the first time i mentioned him on this podcast <laughs> but I, we he was probably been a curse. The, yeah, pound for pound, the least value added to each time that I mention his name on this podcast, unfortunately. But, I mean, it sucks because he got, he got moved to the Giants. He's primed for a big-time starter role opposite of uh, James Bradbury, who's obviously
0: a great corner in the league. I mean, um, signed a big contract, too.
1: Uh, dude, that sucks. It really does. So, I mean, hopefully he bounces back, gets a, gets a starter spot back. Dude's talented as all hell, plus a great punk returner.
0: Yeah. I mean,
1: he's you know, got
2: you know, talent. The only thing I want to add to this, you know, you mentioning that he's on the, the injury report, uh, report, is that's So Dory Jackson him.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, does it's, that mean it's that? really J- too bad. It's
2: really does that mean
1: bad. that Jadavian Clowney's soon to come? Is that what that means? It's a
0: bad. Probably. One. I I haven't seen that one yet, but I promise you, when I do see it, I will announce it.
2: For the Browns and Miles Garrett's sake, I hope no. I just really want to see them be something this year. I'm not going to lie.
0: Yeah, I mean, part, part of me does. I mean, you know, we're, we're going to get into our playoff predictions here, so I'm not going to reveal too much uh, when we get there. Not saying I'm picking the Browns, but, um, you know, they're obviously going to be somewhat of a favorite going into uh, this season with all the playmakers they have. Uh, but one other thing I wanted to touch on uh, before we get into some of the stuff from last week from the Packers uh, and the Eagles is, which surprises me, and we touched on it a little bit too before we got on, is uh, Sean McDermott announced that Josh Allen would start on Saturday against the Packers. Um, they didn't; he didn't exactly say how long uh, he would play, but he is going to play, which surprises me because it's the last week of the preseason. You don't want to put your quarterback out there. Is it pretty foolish of them?
2: Yes. And wouldn't that be something if he goes out there and has a season ending injury, like, wouldn't that be something? But now let me give you a huge, what if that would just absolutely embarrass the Chicago bears. Say it. Josh, Say it. Josh Allen comes out next week. Who knows out for the season. Boom. We're rolling in with Mitch Trubisky. What do you know? Mitch Trubisky is very similar skilled to Josh Allen if not a little bit more accurate of a thrower already at this point in his, in his life. Mitch. Well, I wouldn't Trubisky, say that, but. Okay. Let me say, let me rephrase that. Attention. Coming into the bills. He's more accurate than Allen was coming into the bills. That's yeah, three.
1: three okay. Yeah. The, the Josh Allen three years ago, obviously Josh Allen yes. now is a top three to five quarterback in the league, but I wouldn't I say.
2: Accuracy wise, But I would still say, yeah, he definitely is. But yeah, similar skill sets. Josh Allen comes in. He's the starter all year long. I don't know. Let's say he throws, or Mitch Trubisky, let's say he throws for 30-plus touchdowns and 4,500 yards. Leads the Bills to the Super Bowl. Uh, not the Super Bowl. I won't go that far. Leads them to the NFC East, AFC East Championship and makes the playoffs. Wouldn't that be something? Mitchell Trubisky. Funny. I'd love to see
0: it as a Packers fan. To see to Trubisky succeed somewhere else. Did you see what he did last week against the Bears in the preseason? He look good. good. He did look good. I don't know I if it was uh, a little vengeance there or whatnot, but, yeah, he did look good.
2: I uh I hope it was because I'm not going to lie. I'm a big Sean McDermott fan. And, uh, yeah, Sean McDermott. And he's done everything. Him and the Bills organization has done everything to build Josh Allen up. And the Bears have done nothing but everything to fail on their quarterbacks repeatedly, like repeatedly, you know. It it makes you scared scared for Justin Fields, you know.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. It's uh, it's kind of do or die for the Bears. Um, but yeah, so interesting there. Uh, you just you really hope that he doesn't get hurt. Um, for the season, fantasy wise as well, right, Owen? Because he's gonna be a top quarterback. Obviously,
1: um, my mind. We're gonna have our first fantasy segment of the year this week. Um, coming up. I'm ready for that now. Every, at any time a player is mentioned, an offensive skill player, I'm immediately thinking about their fantasy value and what that happens. Like I didn't even mention yet, Sony Michelle as a fantasy asset, it got a huge bump up. Also, now that Sony Michelle is not in New England, Damien Harris, the starter in New England, got a huge bump up because he will be more of the primary carrier. Josh Allen, however, okay, let's let's be real nothing's going to happen to him. He's going to come out after a drive. He's going to be fine. Uh, Obviously there's always what ifs, but um, also good strategy would be to not be taking a quarterback that high. So ideally you don't even have Josh Allen unless he just kind of fell to you in a late round. But if you do end up with him on your team, he's obviously huge. He's a running quarterback. He's going to get running touchdowns. And uh, if he's hurt, the Bills' season is tanked. Number one, and number two, your fantasy season will be tanked. Probably, yeah,
2: absolutely. You know. Oh, and to add to just one last thing about the fantasy aspect with Josh Allen, he's got kind of that like prime Cam Newton aspect, where it's like, dude's a red zone monster because like he's super athletic. You know, he's a threat from anywhere with his arm or his legs.
1: And be- and because of that, um, he uh, most uh, fantasy pundits if you will, I'll uh, have Josh Allen kind of as your, as your QB two. I believe that's his average draft position too. He's kind of going right behind Patrick Mahomes. Um, the draft strategy, like I kind of mentioned is to not, is to kind of bank on those later quarterbacks. Cause a lot of people will pay a heavy price to get a Patrick Mahomes, even though like the later quarterbacks, you don't have that much of a drop off like Baker Mayfield, a lot cheaper, not going to score that many less points, but. Josh Allen as a running quarterback with running touchdowns that count more than passing touchdowns in fantasy leagues is a great asset.
0: I agree. I can't That's wait for tease. my draft. I have Owen, I have three drafts this year. Cannot
1: yes. wait. Cannot How many wait. mock drafts do you do so far?
0: I've done a couple. Not
1: too many. Okay. I've done a couple. How about you start going crazy uh, and really nail down that those draft rankings? Just for you, Owen. Just for you. Please do, because it's my it's my favorite thing to do. Honestly, I love mock drafting almost more than the actual season itself. But that's just because I'm a psychopath. And again, we'll I will talk about that more in length in it's, about it's, an hour.
0: It's like Jeremy uh, wanting to do a fantasy league, doing a fantasy draft, and then about two weeks into the into the league, he's like, "All right, you want to do another one?" Yeah. Let's in Madden, a- hey guys. Yeah.
2: yeah, we're we're all starting to hit our bye weeks in Madden. Anybody want to do another fantasy league?
1: Yeah, I kind of don't like my Madden team. Can we do another fantasy draft? I think I really have my strategy down.
2: I accidentally drafted all linemen with my first 10 picks. All offensive linemen. I have no quarterback. Let's draft.
1: Accidentally? <laughs> Why'd you do that? <laughs> what the hell is wrong with you?
2: I just really wanted four good tackles on.
0: Uh, good depth. Yeah. I mean, who needs a quarterback? You just stand there all the whole afternoon. Just run the ball. <laughs> Essentially,
1: but yeah. Anyway, exciting. Josh Allen, he'll be fine. Yeah, taking all this, he shouldn't be playing. But even on top of that, maybe there's some like offensive. There's a new thing that they integrated in the offense. I know Brian Dayball is a very uh, uh well thought out in mind in the offensive playbook. So they're probably trying something out. See what happens in in with live bullets. Take him out as soon as possible.
0: You would hope so. You would hope so. They're a smart team. So they're going to do what's right. All right. Let's jump into Packers Eagles quickly. Week two last week. um, What they did a little bit. I was at the game on Saturday. They ended up losing, but it was still a good time. You know, uh, Kurt Benkert looked pretty solid as a a guy. Third string coming in out of nowhere, pretty much. I had to throw him in and start. The entire game and play the entire game. Um, yeah. So do we, we'll, we'll save Jeremy for the end just because I was there. So I want to talk about it a little bit. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, Seth, Seth, let me, let me, let me
1: ask you some questions. So Kurt Banker,
0: fun to watch. He was as, um you know, Mr. Uh, Magic Man Mikowski back in the late eighties, early nineties, same number. Kind of, kind of okay. looked like him too, you know? Long Obviously, hair. I didn't. I didn't watch him. I was. Uh, I guess not. Anymore. You know, I he was gone before I was around, um, not by much, but, um, but he just had that. He just kind of had that play. I mean, he was out there just playing pretty freely. He looked good for somebody who you know will has not only play a
1: down in the NFL in a couple of years, probably.
0: <laughs> or in a couple of weeks, maybe. Yes. Oh, so, I mean, I think hypothetically he's got a chance to make a practice squad. Packers are going to keep three quarterbacks. You don't think so? I don't think so. I really don't.
2: Jordan they Love, they haven't.
0: When when was the last time the Packers had three quarterbacks on the roster? Been a while, hasn't? Last huh? year. Last year. Well, okay, because the COVID stuff. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, I think I think they were going to do that regardless. Jordan Love was never going to suit up unless Rodgers or what was the uh, Tim Boyle. Uh,
0: Tim Boyle. Boyle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he fair. was a fan favorite. Yeah, so uh, but Boyle, think- Boyle
1: was the official backup, which in this case, obviously Love has a year, knows the offense. He is now the official backup. Ben Kurt, I assume like there's still a benefit to having that that quarter, that third quarterback that doesn't even suit up for the game. He's labeled as an inactive, but he's still there with the headset on. Yeah. Playing uh, you know,
0: uh finding stuff out for the starter during the game. But then the um always the argument is there is uh he's just wasting a roster spot well
1: fish okay
0: i'm just saying like that's a, the argument that's why a lot of teams only keep two quarterbacks on their active roster is because they don't want to waste that it's roster true. spot on a third quarterback right. when they can keep them on their practice squad and move them up if right. necessary but i get what you're saying i i think he played well enough to to be that third quarterback to to covet that spot um because he made some throws out there it was like that looked like aaron Rodgers. Oh, okay he, he had right. one play where he was rolling out to the right i i said it jeremy i, I was it was right there on our side but he's rolling out to the right yeah. and he's rolling and he's about maybe five yards from the sideline just slings it down the sideline and hits malik taylor for like a toe drag catch for about probably 20 25 yards uh, yes. toe
2: drag stuff?
0: It, you betcha and they reviewed it and it was just it looked like Rodgers thrown out there, like just the perfect spot. Only the receiver is going to get it right there. So he's got enough room to get his feet in bounds and just a beautiful play. Beautiful. It, play. Was,
1: it was probably a really fun game for him. Obviously you get to start a whole game in the NFL, no matter if it's preseason, that's fun, but actually getting to use the knowledge and just what you've watched from a guy like Aaron Rodgers the past three weeks Like you've been watching him in practice and learn trying, he's been teaching you stuff the whole the whole training camp, and then you finally get to go out and try a few of those random like weird, those weird like feet flutters that Rogers does, (laughs) like throwing off balance all the time. So he's probably yeah that he he like obviously he's not Aaron Rodgers. I'm just but you're right like he definitely threw some of that type of uh, uh, mindset out there.
0: Yeah. I tell you what he didn't learn from Aaron Rodgers, though, Owen, as uh how to trip over your offensive lineman's feet two plays in a row. Right. Okay. Or how he to did, like
2: offseason about somebody getting drafted at a quarterback. Um, exactly.
0: No, when, when he did that two plays in a row, the the stadium was just went crazy. It was like, let's just get this guy out of here now. He's a joke, kind of thing, even though he was making plays before that. But right. That was just so frustrating. It's like the first time I was like, all right, that happens. And then he does it two plays in a row and it's like ridiculous. But the second time he did it, he got right back up and gained like six yards. So he kind of made up for it.
1: Really made up for it. Yeah, I'd assume.
0: Uh, But I'll tell you the other guy that really impressed out there, which I'm sure – did you watch the game, alone? Bits and pieces,
1: yeah.
0: Uh, Kylan Hill looked really good. Every single –
1: well, all of the preseason games so far. Yeah. Yeah, he
0: has. He's looked like a legit running back too. Yeah. He, he's looked really good. Uh, he was make he's got some wheels too. I mean, on uh, a couple of those sideline uh, that one sideline run that he had for the touchdown, that end around uh, he was out there pretty quick. So based off of what the jets backfield is looking like right now, I bet all uh, uh,
1: Lafleur jr. On the other sideline was like, Hey Matt, uh, can we just have one of your backs? Kylan, Hill looks great. Can we just have him?"
2: We'll talking about, about the Jets.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. There's been a lot of trade talk and speculation between the Eagles and the Jets because they did training camp this week together, and the Eagles playing Friday. And uh, the Jets currently need a tackle. Um, Mekhi Becton's a right tackle, and then Mekhi Becton is down. And then they need a defensive end with Carl Lawson being out. And that was like a you huge
1: said, injury.
2: Yeah. Huge injury. Like you just said about the backs, they've got a bunch of, like, skilled guys but no, like, definitive starter. So there's been a whole bunch of speculation as far as like, what's going to go on there in New York. Cause uh, it's been bit, not to take over you guys' this whole Green Bay thing, but no. Um, uh, Derek Barnett's kind of been an, a guy that's on, been on the trade block. You know, not, i not really on it, but spoken about cause the Eagles own 10 million this year. And then Andre Dillard, who is just like looking like complete bust is a, a real easy, Hey, let's just get this guy off the roster. Um, It'll be interesting because the jets got receivers that they can spare. Cause, um, Denzel Mims is a guy like, Hey, he could go. Um, I can't think of the other dude's name, but he's just buried on their depth chart. And the guy's got hands. I, I want to say it's Alfred something, but I can't remember for sure. Um, and then they got a lot of secondary help. Ashton Davis, that strong safety out of Cal. Um, that guy's super fast. He was actually a, a track hurdle guy, but, um, if you guys could pull off something with them, or if Philly, would that be interesting? Very, very interesting.
0: Uh, you know, uh, one of the names that you brought up uh, right away, Jeremy, was uh, Mikai Becton, and I yep. sent you guys that picture. But seeing that guy in person, like wow, Jeez. it's like yep. it's like three people in one.
2: Yep. <laughs> he was just
0: so much bigger than everybody else out there; it was insane. You could just see it. I mean, I'm sure the picture didn't do any justice at all to it, but
1: no, it did because just it, it just showed the comparison between even just the rest of the line.
0: Yeah. It, it's just like you got four normal sized off. I mean, normal size, they're big, huge people offensive club. linemen. And then you got <sighs> Mikai Becton, who's still a tower amongst those huge offensive linemen. Yeah, Seth. It was
1: insane.
2: So I'll just I'll dive straight into my eagle stuff here, but you just made me think of so. Jordan Malata, who's like the basically definitive starter at left tackle for the Eagles, um, is that same size. I mean, he's got an inch on him, but they, they weigh about the same. They're both around really? the 350 mark. But Jordan Malata is actually 6'8 or 6'9. And the thing about Malata is that guy can move. Like, he's got wheels for a big man, you know? I mean, you guys seen him play rugby. But uh, it's just funny because – so Boston Scott, who's one of the the role – the kind of like backup running backs with the Eagles – about five foot seven. He's like a Darren Sproul size guy. And uh, he's been doing this stuff all training camp where all the young guys are talking. And he'll just sit there like this, right? With his arms crossed and act as like he's a bouncer or something like that. And all of a sudden you see Jordan Malata come up, and pick him up and move him like he's a small child. And it's just <laughs> like, you don't even realize like this guy is huge, you know? And I know I said it last week, but watching him in games, he just engulfs guys. Like, you get some of these, you know, more stringy speed type end rush edge rushers. And a dude that size, once they get their paws on you, you're just you're kind of out of play. You know? It's,
1: it's up to you to stay out of their grasp, which yeah. is so hard to do in the NFL. Like it that's why guys like Miles Garrett are always gonna lead that charge, yeah. is because they're huge and they're able to take on that contact and then swim away.
2: And the um, thing about a guy like Miles Garrett specifically is just watching all of his stuff he was putting on Instagram and everything, I've been playing basketball, that guy moves way too well for a person that's like 270 (laughs) pounds. Like, that guy is just literally a freak of nature. Yeah, exactly. But I'll tie this into both Malata and Makai Beckton. Those guys' first kick step to get out of their stance is, like, elite. Like, it's so fast. And then you got to realize they've got, like, a, a basketball wingspan and you've literally got to get them all the way on the edge of their reach to get by them. But as soon as they get their other hand on you, you're out of the play. You're just totally – it doesn't even really matter who you are at that point because it's like unless you can Dwight Freeney type spin off that or some just crazy athletic move, these guys are going to engulf you and you're just gone. And that's yeah. the one thing is like with with watching the Eagles, that's been the big difference between Malata and Dillard. Is Dillard to me is just like – he's not the road grader type. And I mean, as an offensive lineman, you should almost be the road grader type first and then the finesse with pass blocking, you know, because if you can't road grade, you can't close out a game. Like, and at that point, you're not going to really win because you're always just going to be, you can't, you just can't close shit out. That's why it's nice to have like big backs. that can hold onto the ball and everything like that, but just to, to go full in on the Eagles, you know, I've been Elliot short, short, parks is a guy I listen to a lot and he actually takes training camp stats and it's super, super interesting. And um, he has it on here on, on Twitter. Let me dig it up real fast. So he's got Hurts his whole uh, whole training camp, right? The first throw of Jalen Hurts training camp was a touchdown. The last throw of Jalen Hurts training camp was a touchdown. In between, he threw four hundred. He took four hundred sixty-eight reps and threw two hundred ninety-seven balls. He ended up, if I remember right, he was comparing it to Wentz before Wentz, Wentz went on to have what would have been the MVP season. And it was pretty similar. Um, he just didn't have the basically what they were saying is Wentz had a lot more red zone touchdowns than Hertz. Hertz just had a lot of like big plays. The other thing coming out with Hertz is um, he's apparently looking really, really athletic, which is crazy because he's already a super athletic guy. Um, he ended up missing the last preseason game because of uh, stomach illness. Who yep. knows what it really was. He, they showed videos before the game. He's all bouncing around dancing with guys. Who knows if that was him just trying to psych himself into the game. Who knows if he really wasn't sick and the Eagles just are trying to keep him out of games. I don't know. Um, Miles Sanders sat the first week, played the second week. There's big question marks about who's going to play this week. I actually seen a statistic. I'm trying to pull that up. Last year, the Eagles went into week one of the regular season. Was seven starters out week one. This year, they're rolling in with no one hurt other than Rodney McLeod, who's possibly going to miss it because of an injury from last season. But the Eagles are looking to move into this season fully healthy, which, I mean, you got a significant start right there if you've got a fully healthy roster, you know, especially for a young team like this. Yeah. Um, to just kind of go down the line, um, Miles Sanders has kind of been underwhelming for a guy as gifted as he is for the preseason training camp in general, like he's a super explosive guy. It's just, you kind of expect more out of him. I mean, do you think what's that?
1: I don't want to, I don't want to cut you off. I just, I was just wondering if, uh, if that's the kind of guy that you think of, uh, being more of like a gamer, like there's a lot of these training camp guys that really shine out, but they're like the bottom of the, of the roster. And they're really trying to make that roster spot Whereas, like miles Sanders. He's a starting, he's the obvious starting running back in that scheme.
2: Yep. Not that he's purposely
1: saving himself, but
2: no, I hear you. I hear you. He has dealt with the injury bug a little bit in his first couple of years. What I will say is to what you just said, there hasn't really been much talk of any running back in Philly flashing in the, in the uh, training camp. Uh, Kenneth Gainwell has got a lot of attention. He's a rookie, and he's a hell of a pass catcher. Like, the dude could probably just full play wide receiver. Um, uh, on Johnson was getting a lot of attention. He ended up getting hurt. We let him go. The thing about his last game, Jordan Howard literally started the game – or the first preseason game, Jordan Howard literally started the game. Um, he's looking like probably a for sure running back too. we We're going to roll into the season. And like you said, Owen, the thing about a position like running back is, yeah, there is probably just most of these guys are gamers. You know what I mean? Where it's like, hey, you just show up and you just show out. Now –
1: Especially with the guaranteed money thing and saving yourself and not getting yeah, on another
2: ground. He's coming into contract year pretty soon here too. So, okay. I mean, it's, it's a situation like that. And it's such a pass-heavy league. And, like, yeah. you're not hitting in the training camps and stuff like that, so you're not going to get that much out of, like, linebackers and uh, running backs. Now, the Eagles running back rotation looks like it's pretty – set in stone to where it's going to be Miles Sanders is your lead back. Howard is kind of your thumper, you know, chew clock guy. Kenneth Gainwell is going to be your utility guy. And then Boston Scott is kind of like RB2, you know, to Miles Sanders.
1: Let me get it. Let me get a little bit of question. Let's relate this to fantasy a little bit. Again, I get my mind racing. So we're talking Miles Sanders and I want this to be a Miles Sanders centered question. Let me just do a little, uh, little, this guy or that guy but you can do fantasy and then maybe like in real life, like talent wise or whatever you want. So let's go Miles Sanders or David Montgomery.
2: I mean, I would probably go Miles Sanders both. Okay.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: uh, let's, let's
1: go. Uh, Chris Carson, Seattle.
2: So there's been a lot of talk about Seattle wanting to run the ball more um, and get back to kind of their March on days. And Chris Carson seems like he's the guy that's always kind of try to be like that. I think Miles Sanders is the better running back, but I would say Chris Carson's probably going to get more usage.
1: But well, maybe like Sanders probably more explosive, more big play, more touchdown. Right? Oh yeah, I'd yeah. Say.
2: No, no, no. That I mean that was kind of Miles Sanders last year. I mean the dude was averaging six yards of carry up until week eight. You know. Okay.
1: What about uh, let's go let's
0: go DeAndre Swift. That's a good one. I would good one.
2: That is a good one. I would probably say I think Sanders is the better back. Here's my thing, dude. And this is gonna be some real high praise. Miles Sanders has the ability to be a top five back in the NFL. I have no doubt in my mind. Like he's that talented. He struggles with catching the ball at times. Now part of that was just Carson Wentz could hit literally the water in the ocean last year. But uh Swift, I mean, really who else is in Detroit? You know, it's just him.
1: So he'll probably get the well, fantasy, Jamal, I'd probably
2: yeah, yeah, I'd yeah
1: Swift and fantasy. Okay, one more. Let me give you one more. Josh Jacobs.
2: Um, the rate is. So this is going to be kind of a roundabout answer. Okay, I would go Jacobs fantasy for sure because he's going to get every type of running back touch. He's going to get the ball thrown to him. He's going to get the short yardage and he's going to get carries one through three and downs everywhere. You know, Josh Jacobs is a more well-rounded back. Miles Sanders is a more big playback. Now, if Miles Sanders comes into his all this year, like I said, it wouldn't surprise me if he leads the NFL in rushing. But the Eagles offense, I think, is going to be one that's such where you're going to see three running backs touching the ball every single week.
1: Okay. Now let me give you a little backstory story here. I, out of those, I believe five running backs – I have my in my own personal cheat sheet. I have Miles Sanders as the best of those. I'm really taking in your information though, because I have not been tuning into Eagles training camp and beat writers. So obviously this helps. I had this is what I had of those guys. I had Miles Sanders, DeAndre Swift, Chris Carson, uh, David Montgomery, then Josh Jacobs.
2: You got Josh Jacobs last.
1: I did. I'm I'm for fantasy
2: weird. or in general
1: fantasy for fantasy specifically and i think
2: be one I'm, or two. Familiar.
1: okay out of those five those
2: guys, those guys yeah
1: okay all right all right i i'm i'm just pulling in the information i only it's i have it miles sanders just because the explosion in the, in the, the what he could be and probably should be but maybe i'm banking too much on that um mm-hmm. because i don't know the usage and then yeah like deandre swift is like Jamal Williams is going to be there. He's going to get some meaningful carries, but DeAndre Swift is the guy because they probably won't be able to throw it that much. Um, And then Chris Carson, like if he stays healthy, he's, he's just going to three yard himself with a few touchdowns all the way to the end. Um, Yeah. David Montgomery is going to continue to prove me wrong anytime I speak about him. So I just am sure he's going to, be uh, the same guy where he's just going to three yard three yard me to death and then josh jacobs i just uh, i don't know what's going on there like he had a great fantastic rookie year obviously one rookie of the year and then last year the usage dropped down the touchdowns dropped down um the pass offense definitely took hold like that was the the uh the emphasis like Derek Carr seemed to figure it out so that, again, that was the only reason I asked. It was a nice segue a little bit. Didn't want to take it yeah. off the Eagles, but I really like yeah. that information.
2: I think I would go, in my own opinion, I think I'd go Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders, Montgomery, and then kind of a coin flip for the last two.
1: That's my 17 through 21 RB rankings right there.
2: So I'll just kind of put a little bow on the Sanders thing. Gainwell's going to get a lot of, lot of playing time um, just because – I, I always forget the back in, uh, in Indianapolis, the guy that was kind of the pass catcher, too. I always forget his damn name.
1: Naheem Hines?
2: Hines. He's literally – that's going to be his role, 100%. And it's been more and more apparent every single time that they put him on the field because uh, they split him all wide, everything like that. Jordan Howard is going to be the guy that – Jordan Howard just doesn't put the ball on the turf. And then Sanders is going to be the lead back. So it's going to be interesting. Now, we're all kind of – I'm going to stay with the skill positions here. Listening to Chad Johnson talk about Devonta Smith just fucking gets me going. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. So he, so first of all, there has been so many big time quotes about him. Chad Johnson was going on and on and on about how crisp his routes were, and that says something to me because Chad Johnson is one of the best route runners in NFL history. Like that dude's got some good feet, and to see him saying that about Devonta Smith, like man, that's big. That's real, real big for me. And then uh. I don't remember if it was Nick Sirianni. Yeah, it was Nick Sirianni. He said it's the the most refined. He's seen a a receiver in the NFL this young since Keenan Allen when he was a rookie. That's another big time route runner. And then now Devontae Smith has probably got better hands than both of those guys, which is big time praise. But just super excited about that. Now, the big talk in Philly has been who's going to be wide receiver two and who's going to be the slot guy. So Jalen Rager. Is actually having a very, very good camp as of late. Um, his hands are looking freaking great. He put a couple of New England cornerbacks on posters. He's doing good against New York, New York all over again. Um, Quez Watkins, though, has just been going off. all came. Quez Watkins has been looking like basically the second coming. But then it's like now guys like Greg Ward, who's been kind of the long-term slot guy there, made his way under the roster and just super reliable guy, where does he fall into the you know into the roles there? Uh, Folgum, Travis Folgum, who went off like a big point of last year until Elshon came back, which has also been a thing that's came up a lot. Folgum basically quoted that once Elshon came back, that he just went back into his previous role, which is like man, that's so stupid. That was the Eagles last year though, but uh, yeah. he's kind of been underwhelming all all training camp. But he's the type of guy to kind of go back to the gamer quote. That's what's been coming up he's not flashy with like athletic ability he's just a big body with good hands you know um but then that brings you to like jj or sega white side is kind of the same thing but it's like we also got john hightower two of these guys got to go for sure like two of them got to go um if i was to be a bet man and if i see it go my way i'd want Devonte and quez on the outside and i would want reger in the slot because i think Rager would just eat it up in the slot personally
1: and then in like and then in like four wide, some spread type stuff. You could put Foldham on the outside, throw Demonte Smith maybe in the slot,
2: or even put Quez in there. Quez would be really good because he's just so fast. I mean, his Quez could play a lot of these positions because he's so fast. And he's actually so. I seen a guy, a Philly beat writer, he was talking about Quez in college, and he was Illinois State or Iowa, wherever he's from. I can't remember for sure, but uh, they've been so blown away this this training camp with how Quez is high pointing the ball. And he's had such strong hands through catches with defenders. And I even went back because this guy was talking about how he was watching his college tape. Yo, man, his, his, he's been like this his whole life. Like the dude's just always been like, and he's just super fast. So I would probably put him on the inside rather than Devontae Smith. Because when you start taking those real thin, small receivers and throwing them on the inside, you got a Will Fuller, and he's just always hurt. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't take a guy like Will Fuller, Marvin Harrison, you know Isaac Bruce. You don't put him in the slot. You leave him on the outside where they're not taking the big blows. So that's so I just leave him out there. Now the other big thing is Zach Ertz is not going anywhere apparently. Um, especially now with uh, Tyree Jackson's out for the season, he blew his Achilles, I think it was. Um, Dallas Goddard, tight end one, coming into a contract year. There was a whole bunch of blah about how the Eagles were holding off on making that tr- uh, making that signing because they were trying to hold money open for Watson. But at this point, it seems like the Eagles are totally out on the Watson thing. It just seems dead. So we got those two. And then good old Richard Rodgers should be back as our third stringer at tight end. And then the offensive line with the Eagles, I really hope the Eagles make something of getting rid of Andre Dillard. If we could flip him for like a Denzel Mims or an Ashton Davis, that'd be big. I mean, some young guy with some talent that could, you know, give him a new uh, change of scenery and, you know, help him out. Dillard's just it's like every other day you see a practice note of Andre Dillard's getting bull rushed and ending up on his ass. And that's obviously, you know, anybody that's played any offensive line in their life, that's not a good thing. If You're ending up on your ass as an offensive lineman. That means you're getting blown up on a play, you know, and it's, you see it every day with this guy. Um, Isaac Samal, who's missed a lot of it, high end starter, Jason Kelsey, probably one of the best three centers in the league, Brandon Brooks when healthy, one of the best two guards in the league. And then Lane Johnson's Lane Johnson, like that guy's just great. And, uh, I mean, this is probably the most depth I've seen on an Eagles O-line in a long time. Nate Herbig and Jack Driscoll, I mean, those guys both look very good. Um, Hertz is going to show up later on my most exciting list for sure, just because this guy's got such flash potential. Um, flip it over to the defense for the Eagles. Secondaries look great in Philly, which is something that, man, you haven't been able to say in Philly since Lito Shepard, Sheldon Brown, Brian Dawkins, and Quentin Michael days, you know, Michael Michael man it's just we haven't had a good secondary in years. Um Alex Singleton's just come back from covid protocol. Him and uh, Eric Wilson are looking like the best linebackers we've had since Trotter basically. Like it's been that long since we had had good linebackers. Um we also got Gennard Avery. He's another guy who was popping up on Jets possible trade. He got switched from end to linebacker. Um Javon Hargrave, keep an eye out. I think that guy's going to be a sneaky defensive player of the year candidate. Really, really do. Whoa, he was great, he was great new, uh, in Pittsburgh, and he's finally coming into the season healthy and playing off Fletcher Cox. It's going to be hard to pick who you're going to double team there. Um, Brandon Graham is obviously a fuck play guy, uh, up guy. Ryan Kerrigan's going to kind of flip as the Chris Long role, and then Josh Schwett is kind of. So Derek Barnett, this is the thing. Derek Barnett's been in trade talks for a long time. We owe him ten mil this year. Um, he would fit immediately a role for New England, the Jets, right, or the New York Jets. Now, the trouble with trading him, so we do have Milton Williams, who we just drafted out of Louisiana Tech. He's kind of a tweener. He plays a little bit of tackle and a little bit of end. He kind of falls into both roles, right? Um, Dude would be a perfect 3-4 end. Like, he just fits that mold. Um, And then we got Josh Schwett out of Florida State. Josh Schwett has been probably the most impressive guy in all Philly training camp. Um, Every single day, there's some sort of training camp note of Josh Schwett just running around the edge on a guy or he's the dude constantly putting Dillard on his ass. Apparently he's just having just a monstrous camp. Dude is freaky, freaky athletic, um, super long. He's out of Florida state. I remember when he came on the draft, his three cone drill and his 10 yard dash, like on the 40 were I think one for all of the ends that year. And he came up with some big names. Now the trouble with him is he's got some sort of uh, issue with his knee where his cartilage is like blown out and it's just bone on bone. So it's like, how long do you got at this guy? You know, and I think he's only like 25 or 26. He's real young, but Barnett's having a great camp, but Sweat's just kind of blowing it out of the water with everybody. So do you trade Barnett to somewhere like New York and try to get something like a Denzel Mims, like a bigger body receiver or something back? Or do you just roll with both of them? Barnett's owed 10 mil at the end of the year. They came out, I want to say in the same draft. Um, I don't know. I'm excited. I'm real, real excited for the Eagles defense this year, though. I think, it's going to be something big, and I got a lot of a lot of faith in Jonathan Gannon.
1: Well wow. said, Eagles Report. In, I'm,
0: in I'm case, either. in case anybody forgot uh, what this was all about, it's not just purely an Eagles podcast.
2: Oh. Seth, this is uh, isn't this? We talk Eagles, is that what we're called?
0: I,
1: we talk Eagles and a little Packers, and then we argue the rest of the time. <laughs> Pretty much.
2: Sometimes we ask each other questions.
1: <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> no, that was good. I mean, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely good report there. Just for reference, I have uh, Devonte Smith still in the top forty receivers. I think that dude's going to be on. The rest of the receiving core will be the shuffle. Uh, you, you made the Cupid you know, shuffle. You kind of have your good your good standings on what the the rest of it be, but I think Devontae Smith is just going to.
2: He's going to be a wide receiver one there for sure. Like, he's going to be the guy getting all the targets. Him or Goddard, honestly.
1: So, you want to think about him for your, you know, we're looking at, what are we, twelve We're looking at, like, round seven, round six. A great flyer to take who could end up being a top 20 receiver in the league right there if uh, Jalen Hurts. It's kind of based on Jalen Hurts's. I was going to trajectory.
2: say, 100% on Hurts.
1: There's a lot of question marks. as is why he's a little farther down, but there's a lot of big play potential there.
2: Are you talking about Smith or Hertz? Both. Oh,
1: so Hurts, I
2: seen, I seen Hertz showed up on – he was the second-to-last-rated starting quarterback this year. Only behind him was Tyrod Taylor. That's it. I seen that pop up. I think – this is high praise, but I really think Hertz has got McNabb-type skill set. I mean, the thing about it is he's already more accurate than McNabb. And, I mean, if we could get a McNabb-type career out of that guy – Sign me up. I'd take that right now. I would take that right now. You'll take Take, uh, four
0: NFC championship losses?
2: Seth, what's that? One of them was a win. We went to the Super Bowl one year.
0: All right. You're right. That's right.
2: You're right. Sorry. How how many people can say they went to four consecutive NFC championships and then won one? How many people can say that, Seth?
0: Well, the Packers are halfway there. So
2: Hey, don't you talk (laughs) bad about my Now, that's the greatest quarterback in Philadelphia Eagles history.
0: Hey. I, I'm not dissing on him. I liked McNabb. I mean, he, you was, he a was a fun little, player to watch.
1: Cunningham. You
2: know. Timo Cunningham. Jeff
1: Garcia. <laughs> what
2: the hell are you talking about right now?
1: Love me some Jeff Garcia.
2: Jeff Garcia, you know, he was a great, like, come in and get you four to six games guy. But uh, are yeah, you know. talking about? He was fun. great
0: in San Francisco.
2: Everywhere else besides that, he was four to six games, like I said.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah well,
2: I, remember, Tampa I Bay. remember when he came in for McNabb. There was two years in a row. One year it was A.J. Feely, and then it was uh, – or it might have been a couple years later. Jeff Garcia comes in, and I still remember – it's so ingrained in my head. We come out in the, the black jerseys, yeah. and Garcia just lit someone up. I can't remember who it was for sure. But I, he dropped like four or five touchdowns on him. It was just nuts. There's You get you get memories like that. Just like uh, – what was it, 4th and twenty-seven? You guys remember yeah. that? No idea too. what
0: you're talking about.
2: And then McNabb had a big one to Freddie Mitchell against the Cowboys, where he scrambled for like twelve seconds. Man, that, those were those are like the glory days of the Eagles. The to nice. All right, Only Owen, thing to take over that is the Super Bowl. Just saying. <laughs> right.
0: Oh, and real quickly, just jump back to the Packers. One thing I wanted to mention, just because we talked about them last week and how excited we were. <laughs> Devin yeah, Funches. We
1: didn't. I forgot. We didn't slip that in. Big. We didn't. Big time that. I mean. And that's one of Jeremy's uh, key guys he's oh, about on the Packers. Huge turn of events there. Honestly, I didn't even see what his injury was. All I seen is that he was on the IR. Something
0: about – I'm going to be honest with you. I don't remember either.
1: All Literally, I went looking for this too, and all I seen was like Devin Funch's season is over. All He'll never uh, – Is the season do,
2: actually over? Yeah, he put IR.
0: put on – yeah, he's done. He's done is for the, the Packers. Packers. There's weird IR rules or injury hamstring injury. Rules. Hamstring.
2: So is he on like that that half IR where he can come back six weeks, six nope. to eight, or is he on a full? So
0: there's a rule that if you get placed on the IR during the preseason before the regular season starts, that you're you're on there for the season. Now there is one way to get out of it. Is if you do like an injury settlement, yes. Pretty much makes you a free agent, and then another team can sign you. Exactly. Wolf. So
1: really what happened is it is, he is confirmed not playing for the Packers this year. Yeah. Well, now, but he, I think he probably showed enough in the preseason that if he He's become, if the physicals turn out well mid season, I think someone would absolutely take a chance on a guy like that.
2: That sucks, man. Cause he was like a very, I was excited to see that guy just put up some crazy red zone numbers for you.
0: Yeah. Yeah, not going to happen. Won't see a down in Green Bay this year, really, for his career. He's down in Green Bay, his career.
2: I'll I'll say this. That guy was always heard before this, too. He was never like that at Michigan. Right.
0: He had the one big season in Carolina that kind of got him jumping up, and then pretty much since then he uh, hasn't (laughs) done much.
1: The season where Cam Newton did not throw it to anybody but someone named but, Devin Punches. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, that's definitely a blow. In one sense, in the other sense, it's like,
2: Played you with know, it, 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 yeah.
1: it, it wasn't an issue. It was a good problem to have for the Packers that they had to like all these receivers to kind of choose who they wanted to fill the room with, but. Now that eliminates that uh, weird complication they're having, and they'll fill that six-receiver spot with someone like Malik Taylor, who showed out the preseason game, he did. Who, can, who can also play a lot of special teams minutes, um, which Devin Funches would not have, absolutely not have. But it's like uh, even Rodgers was on the McAfee show just a couple of days ago, uh, or just yesterday, right. actually. What was
2: it right right before McAfee came down with COVID, right?
1: it was right after it was is oh. aj aj's aj woke up that morning he's like oh i'm going to have to host the show today maybe i'll just give a call to aaron and be like hey can you help me out? a couple you know like 20 minutes come on and we'll just bullshit so it was it was nice to see pat jumped up a little bit
0: <laughs> he did for about 30 seconds then jumped
1: off yeah exactly that dude he's 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 going through covid right now big time thoughts and prayers so um but it really in in roger said um like honestly like Cobby as he calls him Randall Cobb is showing out in training camp dude, he's he's 30 years old people think he's like this ancient dude just because he's been playing a long time but he's still he's 30 years old he's still an athletic freak he's making these plays that people are like, oh shit don't I he, though, he do that
2: not to interrupt you but don't he have something up with his knees like that too I could have sworn he had something like that when he was in Dallas or Houston
1: he had an injury with the Packers actually, where he got undercut pretty heavily in the knees, and that became a big issue in the NFL. Or like, how how, what are we gonna do with that, with these knee shots? Are we are we gonna like put in some some rules to eliminate that, or like would that be like there's no hitbox for defenders to hit anybody anymore? You can't hit him knees can't hit him up high. So that was one of those big plays that people
2: use to try to argue for or against. Well, to but what you obviously said there- he's had that injury. Nagging for a little bit. Two, two things for that. What you just said about the knee shots. Larry Fitzgerald always told people he'd rather get hit in the head than the knees because you can come back a week later from a concussion. That's exactly what he L- said L-
1: that too. Yeah. It was like right after that play, the conversation came up. First Fitzgerald's like, No, we don't want people coming back for our heads just because they can't us in the knees. That doesn't make sense.
2: Right. So and the other thing I was gonna say is, man, I thought I remember when Cobb was in, I want to say it was Dallas, started off hot in Dallas. And then he cooled off real quick, but it was something about his knees. I thought it was something to do with his knees. I
1: think so too, but wasn't, wasn't there a weird, uh, actually, no, he, he started off actually really cold because he kept dropping passes, but then the rest of the season, he kind of, he really came back up. He, he started catching the passes. You knew exactly where Dak wanted it, wanted to throw it to him. And then there was an inj- There's a injury bug at the end of the season, but, uh, it, and it's not, you know, you never come away with an injury like that. You'll never be, like, fully healthy the rest of your career. But, but uh, he's coming back. He's been healthy uh, since he's left Houston. And uh, everyone's really impressed with him at camp. Uh, which Adams, Lazard, Veldis Scantling, Cobb, Amari Rogers, all guaranteed roster spots. Malik Taylor probably going to be taking that 6 roster spot
0: put Devin Bunches out. Yep, 100% agree, and I'm kind of excited yeah. for that. After watching him on Saturday, uh, Malik Taylor was making some plays, too. So, yeah, I'll be excited for that one. All right, let's jump into our playoff predictions. Long overdue, Um, just a couple weeks <laughs> yeah. before the season starts. Uh, Let's run through them pretty quickly. So, give you AFC champion, nfc champion and then ultimately your super bowl prediction winner i'm gonna mark them just in case we decide to do something with it later
1: okay so we're really mainly picking
0: our top two three well i mean two but then you pick your your The The winner between two. Okay, all right, all right.
1: I was just making sure we weren't doing the whole going through the whole playoffs. No, we
0: won't. We won't take a little bit. But I will do this quickly. Uh, I'm going to run through the divisions quickly. What we did over this offseason, the summer. You got it, Uh, good. And um, announce who we picked at each division. So AFC West, I'll start there. That's where we started. We uh, Jeremy picked the Chargers. Uh, Foolishly, Owen and I picked the Chiefs. Yeah. NFC West. (laughs) Uh, Jeremy and I picked the Rams. Owen foolishly picked the Niners.
2: Foolish.
1: <laughs> oh, uh, well, and week by week five, you'll be seeing what I mean.
2: Hey, you'll see Herbert win MVP next year. Well, back a second to, uh, Stafford, but there you go. Just watch. Just
0: watch. Uh, the AFC South was a clean sweep between all three of us, division wide, not just the winner, but division wide uh nfc south oh indy by the way is who, who yeah the colts
1: up. with the titans not that far behind but
0: yeah um the nfc south right. we all picked the bucks as well slightly difference on the um division standings but we all picked the bucks afc east we all picked the bills of course uh nfc east we uh well jeremy of course picked the eagles uh god damn this- right i did we're all different here. Uh, Jeremy picked the Eagles. I picked Washington, right. and Doesn't matter. picked
2: Dallas foolishly. Healthy Dak. That's all the that needs. What's wrong with you two? He still ain't healthy. He's got something wrong with his shoulder. It's it's
1: cleared up by now. They're just letting them sit until Week One.
0: AFC I'm North. With- we all picked the Browns. Um, NFC North. We all picked the Packers. So those are the divisions. So, playoffs. Yeah, you're right, Owen. We're not going to do the entire playoff bracket. Um, We'll just do what matters. So, you're AFC champ, NFC champ, Super Bowl winner. Who wants to start?
2: I'll go first. There you go. (laughs) So, I think it's more set who's going in the NFC than the AFC. I think it's kind of a – three-possibly-four-horse race in the AFC. Um,
0: really? I would almost say the opposite, to be
2: honest. I don't know. The Bills, if Herbert has another big year, the Chargers are going to be in. So you got the Bills, the Chargers, the Chiefs, and why am I forgetting the last team right now? Browns? Browns. There we go. Four t- that's a four-horse race right there for me. When you look at the NFC, Tampa has got to be. The top, and then close is the Green Team up here. Right after that, but um, outside of the, I mean, shoot, sets if Big Ben has another big year, uh, Pittsburgh's in it. You know, yeah, true. There's only two teams I look at in the NFC, and I'm like, man, they're both dangerous. When I look at the AFC, I'm like, shit. There's four teams. Like, there's four legit teams. It would not surprise me if Josh Allen just carries the Bills all the way to the Super Bowl, and it's not going to be really carrying because they got talent all over the place. Um, if Herbert comes in and he just grows, you know, the second, second year jump quarterbacks can be huge. And then they come back with Derwin James healthy, might show up on my top five list later. Um, he's the best damn safety, if not defender in the league, like that guy's crazy. And then you got the Bosa dude. I mean, you got, you got dudes all over that defense. You get a big year out of Keenan Allen. Chargers could do some stuff. Obviously Mahomes and Andy Reid, they do whatever the hell they want for the 50 at night. And then the Browns, like we said before, if the Browns click this year, they're the best, they're the best roster in the NFL. So yep. it's a four horse race. I'm gonna say Bucks are my NFC pick. Sorry, boys. Um, and then the AFC not a surprise,
0: not a surprise.
2: Hey, the gold plays for the Bucks. But um, as I look at this, I Be just honest? think So as I sit here and look at the um, – God, the AFC gets me. I I just got a sneaky suspicion. I don't know why, but I just really think it's going to be the Bills. Like, I just – I've been on that lately. Like, All right. I, Josh Allen, like, just winning MVP, you know, and having that type of season. But Stafford's going to do it anyways. But uh, I'm going to go
0: – So Bills, Bucks are your two champs, Correct. Is that what you're
2: doing? So it's so damn hard to go against the Chiefs, though. You know what I mean?
0: No, I, I agree. I agree. Let me Chiefs ask, are let me obviously, you, you know.
2: Who wins in a head to head? Josh Allen or Pat Mahomes? Yeah. Mahomes? Yeah.
0: I think it's close, but I would say Mahomes still.
2: Who wins in a head to head, Sean McDermott or Andy Reid?
0: Andy Reid. Even though they both know each other pretty well.
2: They do. I'm gonna go. All right, I'm gonna go Chiefs Bucks. I, right. I got it. I don't want to, but I got it yeah
0: all right that
2: offensive line is gonna gonna help a lot.
0: Oh absolutely. All right, hold off on your Super Bowl pick then. Owen you want to go next?
2: Sure
1: Detroit No I just,
0: um, how do I want to start
1: this? I'm not gonna make it too dramatic um,
0: Pause it for can effect. only
1: it can only get better. After a heartbreaking NFC Championship loss, maybe a less heartbreaking NFC Championship loss is where I'm going for. But I'm going to pick Green Bay. I think it's time. <clears throat> I think it's time it happens. Everything's the last dance. They're just a better. They're. I mean, we'll see what happens. But they're all based off last year. They're already just better. Just everyone's a year. More into the same exact offensive system, with a and with the problem being such an inconsistent defense, giving that a little switch up, it'll take a it'll take probably take a couple of weeks, everyone to get a hold of it, see where those starters uh, kind of end up. Maybe Rashawn Gary takes over for Preston Smith, and Eric Stokes takes over for Kevin King. Possibly Kevin King coming in with some confidence. He says he could be an elite quarter, cornerback. We'll see. He's in a contract year. Um, but I, I know it's my bias. Don't give a shit anymore. Like it's, 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 it's time. I think
0: Aaron Rodgers said today in his press conference, it's championship or disappointment. He said, it's not super bowl or bust, but it's championship or disappointment in title town USA. I agree. And it
1: is, it it for sure is like, it's, you know, we've taken a step up the past three years and and the, the, the results has been the same. So I think it's time we kick that kick that bucket over. Figure it out. Yep. And I say we that both again. Your back? Again, it's a full. It's I don't I don't care. It's full. Sure, it's full bias, but it's it's Bucks Packers is it, it is like you said. It's a two horse race there at the top. We'll see what else kind of shows itself to see this be the surprise team. It seems like the Rams are going to be possibly that team. We'll see what Stafford does. Um, I don't see any other teams that I'm really like worried about at a championship level, like certainly not to Tampa Bay or green Bay's turnover from what they had last year to this year and just getting better off that. So, so I'm going to take the chance. Let's go green Bay versus the Kansas city chiefs. What it should have hey, been. All along. Yes, sir. Back from home. is great. Um, let's not miss any time. Uh I still have Pat Mahomes as my MVP favorite Uh, just based off of he probably would have won it last year had he not missed a couple games. Um, I just, uh, the the Chiefs are just that team in the AFC, whereas some of these other teams are coming up. They're still younger, like the Cleveland Browns. They've got some excitement finally, but they got to put it together, and obviously I just don't think Baker's as good as Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes or Justin Herbert even. Um, You know, Baltimore is still like a championship roster. It's solely based on Lamar Jackson's turnover, so it's way too risky of a pick, even though I think they could still be there. Buffalo obviously is going to be the main contender. Again, I think it'll be the same top four, honestly. I think it'll be the same top four in the championship games. But I'm gonna pick uh, Kansas City to stay ahead on this one, and then Green Bay wins the fucking Super Bowl, baby!
0: Thought Sorry, we I, spo- I spoiled it, but I was just excited. I did that <laughs> That's all right, and I love the enthusiasm. Can't wait to share it with you. All right, my two picks, just to two- you-
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sorry, Jeremy.
2: <laughs> Sorry. Deeper. Deeper
0: obviously nfc i'm going packers no doubt about that oh
2: shit uh, <laughs> packers going to green bay packers right out of green bay wisconsin
0: gotta happen dude gotta happen i mean like like owen said bias aside i mean there jeremy you said it too that It's a two-team race it's the packers it's the bucks or the, your top two teams so it's it's picking one or the other who am i gonna side with i mean come on let's get real here um AFC, yeah, it's a four-team race, but there's still the lead dog at the front of the pack, Alpha Dog, Kansas City Chiefs. I'm going to pick them until they fall. So Chiefs and Packers, repeat of Super Bowl two, And who won that game, Owen? Uh,
1: Super Bowl two, huh? Oh, it was the Green Bay Packers.
2: So, all right, since we know you guys are Super Bowl picks, I'm going Chiefs. <laughs> i'm going to get it right um i'd bet on andy Reid over any coach in the nfl and i'd bet on patrick mahomes over any quarterback in the nfl that's just how i feel about that so as long as that offensive line comes together and that defense comes together there it is i got one question for the two of you so throw it we said it's you know a four horse race in the afc and a two horse race in the or in the nfc versus the afc if you had to pick two more teams to make it four each, who would your two other teams in the NFC be?
1: For the NFC, uh, easy for me. I'm gonna go Rams, 49ers.
2: Same division. Easy. Who do you think so?
0: Easy. Rams for sure. Um, it's honestly hard with Drew Brees being gone from the Saints. I think the Saints are kind of out of that look. Uh, the NFC least. I mean the NFC East. Um, Whoa. Goddamn. Not a lot there, at least uh, championship-wise. So, I honestly, I'd, well, I'd have to agree with Owen. I think it's the Rams and then one of those other NFC West teams, the Seahawks or the Niners would be my would be my other two choices.
2: Some would be different. Um, I agree with the Rams 100%. Now, if you get a big Kyler year or if you get a big Jalen year, that could shake up those two divisions. Hey, the East is. I know, very good. I know, I know. The you laughed at us
1: for the Packers stuff. So I got to laugh at
2: you. This is, this is all I'm saying. Talk about the most winnable division in the NFL. True. true, you, true. Get, you get a 35 touchdown season out of Jalen hurts, you know, rushing and throwing you're probably 10 and seven. You probably win the NFC East right there. You know, exactly.
1: Like a in a 16 game season, 10 and six always seem to be a lot for a playoff spot. But even if you expand it to 17, 10-7 is probably the NFC East division.
2: Probably. And it's like, as I look at it, the Giants are going to suck. I like They're just going to be garbage. There's not much to look at there. If the Giants win the NFC East, first of all, I'm going to be disappointed because everybody sucks then. And second of all, fuck the Giants. And then Washington, I just have no faith in the quarterback play there. I just really don't. But um,
0: about Fitzmagic?
2: Fitzmagic Magic will probably give you four games where you're like, wow, this guy should probably be in the Hall of Fame. And then he's going to give you 10 games where you're like, why is he on the field? <laughs> you know, now the defense is going to cause a ton of havoc for everybody. The offensive skill position is going to do the same. I just don't, I have no faith in the quarterback play. I get the feeling that their, their situation is going to be a lot like Tua last year, where it's just kind of a quarterback carousel. And then I just hate the Cowboys with every fiber in my body. And I Saying that they have a chance at the division just hurts. So
0: it hurts like Jalen. Ooh,
2: Jalen hurts 35 touchdowns. Watch it.
0: All right, fair enough. With a quick
2: go. I was just gonna say, if I take my complete bias out, I gotta go, I gotta go with Russell to tell you the truth over the Niners. I think the Niners roster is really good, but Russell Wilson's at the peak of his power right now. Like,
1: man, I don't know. Like, I, well. Yes and no, I get it. Um, I just think Jimmy Garoppolo taking the 49ers to a, to a Super Bowl once. Like,
2: with that, that roster
1: and just getting better.
2: And, hey, Kyle Shanahan, if I could if I could just pick a coach right now outside of Andy Reid. Andy Reid, of course, yeah. Yeah, it'd be Kyle Shanahan, especially if you take age into it. But I, yeah. I see everything to myself, like, Russell with another year of D.K., You know, some more health on that offense. Jamal Adams, those guys getting together defense. And this is going to be a complete not up or shut up uh, season for the Seahawks. Like, at the end of this year, if the Seahawks do not make the playoffs, one of those two guys has got to go. Pete Carroll or Russell's got to go.
1: For sure. By the the way, you mentioned DK Metcalf. We're talking the 22-ranked player Voted by NFL players in the NFL, wide receiver DK Metcalf. Dude's like 23 years old. Good tease. We'll, uh,
0: we'll we'll jump on that next week. We'll okay. uh, we'll discuss the rest of the rankings. We'll, have the, I was just we'll, have, we'll the have the we'll have it Saturday. Too. Yeah, we'll have it yeah. Saturday. Um, I just wanted to
1: mention um, betting odds. Some interesting pullaways from this. Tampa Bay, obviously the favorite. Obviously. Um, Right now we're looking at, this is based on the DraftKings sportsbook. We're looking at Green Bay slightly at the, uh, leading at the second place there. Rams and 49ers tied after that. So basically what you're looking at there with the Rams and Niners is what they're basically saying whoever wins the West, the NFC West is going to be that leading contender to be the third horse. Right after them who are tied is Seattle Seahawks. Um Looking at Dallas after that, just based off of having that uh, division winner fourth seed spot probably locked up. Now we're looking at the bottom three in betting odds. New York Giants, the third uh, worst odds, or you know what I'm saying. Philadelphia Eagles. Second worst. And that's not too much – hold on. That's not too much of a slight because – well, obvi- so obviously the Detroit Lions are the projected to well, be the worst. About in- the Eagles? No, they're projected to be the worst team in the NFC. Oh. But by about double the Eagles. So what happens here, Jeremy? Is Philadelphia is at plus five thousand right now, meaning
2: if wait, they're the second or the third worst on this list? Second, second worst,
1: second worst. So what we're looking at here, Jeremy, you have a lot of confidence. And it's not just biased confidence. I know it's absolutely logical confidence with a lot of bias in it, too. But 90% bias, yeah. Still with some logic into it. What we're looking at for the Eagles at plus 5,000. If you put, uh, there's a potential that, you know, sports betting in Wisconsin is still legalized, you know, midway through this season. Hopefully that includes mobile betting, which I will take part in, unfortunately. We're looking at Eagles at plus five thousand. If that happens, and you throw ten dollars on the Philadelphia Eagles to win the NFC Championship, that's an easy five hundred dollars right there. E- quick five hundred buck profit.
2: I would do that. that? I, I would do that.
0: That's Same. A great. Option. I do it too. I do it too.
1: Now, not that's that I some money. Not that I like. We talked about. Not that I project the Eagles to win the division. Um, but just based on that betting odds, I would not mind throwing something like five, 10 bucks on that just as just to see what happens at the end. You know, that's a, that's a, those are
0: good odds. Boom. That's all I have to say is boom. Well said. All right, let's jump into our top five. So it's something we kind of teased last week. We're going to do it this week. Top five A and B, of course, players most excited to watch this season. So your top five. Now let's make this quick because we got a few other things to get into before we wrap up the show here. So uh, let's run through these fairly quickly. We don't have to spend a whole lot of time. But just, just some people you're excited to see this season, whether they're coming back from injuries or whatever it may be. Um, but, yeah, who would like to go first? I'm just going to say I'm going to hint at mine. I'm going to take the cop out here and mine are all quarterbacks. So for various reasons, but that's what mine is. It's a list of all quarterbacks. So
2: why don't you go first? then?
0: All right, perfect. Can't wait. All right. Five B is Mr. New York himself. Zach Wilson. And the next one, um, wow. just because he's in, uh, just because he's in New York. And I, I was a big fan of him. Um, during this pre draft process, became a big fan. Um, liked him more than Trevor Lawrence, to be honest. And now um, you watched him in person. And I did, and he looked real good too. So, our, mind it? you, he was going against going up against backups against the Packers mm. when the Jets were playing a lot of starters with Corey time. Davis at his disposal. Corey did. Corey Davis destroying literally everybody other than <laughs> Eric Stokes, except a couple times. Eric Stokes made a big play on Corey Davis in the first quarter. But anyways, uh, Seth, so Zach. Me-
2: you're, going to- you're going on to your next guy, right? Yeah. How many guys are rookies? <laughs> only the one? Only one. Okay. Oh, damn.
0: okay. Okay. I only have one as well. Yeah. Zach Wilson is my one. I mean, because – the Jets are still looking for their quarterback since...
2: I don't have a rookie on my list.
0: Joe Namath. Yeah. Come on, man. You got to have one. Just kidding. Have what you want. I don't care. But, yeah, so Zach was... All right, number 5A, Mr. Tua Tagovailoa himself. Um, This is more... I mean, this, I took all his, like, some of my favorite players out there, and I was like, hey, I, I would love to see them succeed at play. I was—he was another guy. I was a big fan coming out of um, college, Alabama. Um, He's a lefty, so number one, you got to stick with the group. You know, kind of, you got to do it. Uh, For the
2: listeners out there that don't know, Seth is left-handed. I am. Anybody that's left-handed in the world, he's going to pick them over a righty for sure.
0: (laughs) You know, I almost put Tim Tebow on this list just because, uh, but I didn't. I could be excited to watch him, you know, be an analyst. Anyways, so, yeah, Tua. Um, You know, he's kind of battling for his job in Miami right now, really. So, uh, as good as he was in college, um, this is kind of it for him. If he struggles again, they're going to be looking for a new quarterback. So, uh, it's a lot on him. And as one of the only left-handed quarterbacks in the league, you betcha, Jeremy, I'm going to be rooting for him. Number four. Number four, Mr. Baker Mayfield. Uh, so I took this one because, like we've said, pretty much all offseason, this is one of the most talented teams out there. Baker is yet to put a full season together. And with all that talent out there, he's another guy that's kind of got to make it work. Otherwise, they might be looking for something else too. So I almost want to say, like, Super Bowl or bust for this team or like, AFC championship or bust just because of all the talent and Baker Mayfield's going to be the captain of that ship. So excited to see what he'll be able to do with all his weapons back. Odell back, obviously Landry and just a plethora of, of weapons and just a stack team. So that's four. Number three was a rookie last year. Got hurt towards the beginning of the season, but looked real good before he got hurt. Mr. Joe Burrow, uh, another Ohio guy. Um, so a lot of young guys, Jeremy, not quite rookies, but close Joe Burrow. Um, I mean, to see what he can do from last year and, and, you know, coming off that ACL injury, um, we've talked about it at great lengths too, about how that offensive line hasn't really, uh, improved much. So we'll see what happens with Burrow, but excited to see what he'll be able to do. Uh, gets Jamar chase up there. Um, so yeah, yep. Uh, Number two, Matt Stafford, future MVP, Matt Stafford. Number two, Uh, moving to a new team out of the division. Going to be playing for, obviously, the division over there in the West and possibly Super Bowl. Um, So excited to see him. I've always been a Stafford fan. Have felt bad for him in Detroit all those years because they never were able to do anything. But obviously saw him a lot being within the division for all those years, so became a fan of him. Um, So yeah, so rooting for him out there, kind of I am, except for the Packers, and that leads me to number one. I think we all know where that's going, Mister AR Twelve, Aaron Rodgers himself. QB one, obviously half. To be most excited for him because, as we know, Jeremy, it's probably the last dance. So I will be enjoying every second of every down that he plays this year, uh, knowing that potentially this is the last year that he's in a Green Bay uniform. So most excited, most saddened, I don't know what you want to call it. I mean, probably his his first snap. I'll probably cry a little bit. Maybe
2: half sad, first half happy. The home team. <laughs> oh man, it's a good list. It's
0: a list of some good, exciting quarterbacks out there.
2: Yeah, you want to recap it?
0: Zach Wilson, Tua, Baker, Burrow, Stafford, Rogers.
2: All I can teams. get with. I was gonna say I can I can really get with Baker and Burrow. I was I was real tempted to put them both on my list, but.
0: Baker, I, I put Baker solely on because of the rest of the team, not even so yeah. much himself, but no, because yeah. of how loaded that team is and he needs to step up.
2: It's easy to just put the quarterback and then that just kind of symbolizes oh you're you're excited about the Browns. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 Okay. Oh, and you want to go next?
1: You want me to go next? Yeah. All right. <clears throat> I'm ready for that. <clears throat> I even threw my little fantasy insight. As we go through here, my top six players. I went all offense because it's fantasy season. Um, Got a lot of defensive players. I love, obviously, Miles Garrett, TJ, White, Aaron Donald, the top three, whatever. Anyway, moving on my five B. I'm going to start with Mr. Julio Jones. Love to see him in a new Julio. uniform. It's going to be crazy. That dude is still going to throw up some big numbers, even probably getting thrown to half as much or getting half the looks just because of who's on the other side of the field and who is in the backfield as well. Um, but just seeing him thrive in like a new role and more of a, a senior role kind of take care of his body a little bit not be the main point of the offense actually be like the third aspect of that offense. Julio Jones. Can you even imagine a guy like Julio Jones is the third weapon in that offense? Um, I don't know what the offense will look like uh, necessarily based off of they lost Matt LaFleur. They lost Arthur Smith. I don't know, you know, obviously the new guy, very extremely new, uh, but it's Julio Jones. Like he's going to, he's still going to come out. He's going to be healthy. He's going to be running all over the place, tearing dudes up at his size. Like I love watching that guy and uh, it'll be cool to see him and Julio Jr. on the other side, AJ Brown. Um also, I have him just based off of my rankings. I'm still tinkering with my fantasy rankings, but here's my little range. I got him as my wide receiver 15 to 20. I'm looking at him in the, in round three. He's, got, he's, a, he's a guy I'd love to have in round three. It, just because he's Julio, though, I think he's kind of getting overdrafted. Again, A.J. Brown on the other side, Derrick Henry in the backfield, but still a guy I'd like to snipe if People are sleeping on them. So moving on, 5A. Guy coming back from major surgery to his knee, George Kittle, tight end You, the man himself, uh, what a crazy man he is, born in Wisconsin. I'll, he, I'll always hold that near and dear to my heart, any Wisconsin boys. I'm going to be following you. So George Kittle is going to come back he's going to be a big reason why the 49ers make a huge playoff push. Kind of debated on there.
0: Debated on him on my lists.
1: Just a crazy dude. Uh, tattoos all over the place, big joker tattoo. He's got a big he's got a big button. He's got a big reset button on his bicep. He just slaps it anytime something bad happens. He's like, "Screw it." On to the next play. Love that guy. Uh, crazy energy, very fun to watch even when he doesn't have the ball. Uh, we're looking at him, a little more defined for him because it's quite obvious the, type, the top three tight ends are Travis Kelsey by far, and then Darren Waller and George Kittle. So I have him as my tight end two to three. Also looking at him in round three. Um, mainly because I, it, the tight ends after George Kittle are a little bit riskier. So whatever you do, don't overpay. But if there's a tight end there named Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, or George Kittle, you might want to switch over from that. I know Seth is going to want to take Devontae Adams at pick seven. You may want to think about drafting Travis Kelsey instead, but George Kittle in round three is also a great spot.
0: You take a tight end earlier
1: because there's not a lot of depth there, right? Because everyone else, like – Especially last year, it sucked so much because there was about four tight ends that did did anything week to week, and the rest of them are very, very spotty. If you go three weeks with two catches, and then all of a sudden they'd have eight catches and two touchdowns like TJ Hawkinson. Yep. So that's what I'm looking at here too. Also looking at Kyle Pitts, seems obvious that he's probably going to get a lot of market share, but you never know what that offense is going to be. So still take your chance. Um, number four. Odell Beckham Jr. Mr. Seth mentioned him with Baker. Kind of did a blanket pick of the whole Browns roster with Baker there, but that's fine. Uh, Odell specifically for me, mainly to see the connection between him and Baker because they've never figured it out. They're going on their third year together. Uh, Baker just performs well without him on the field for whatever reason. Uh, So if he comes back, Everything goes smooth. He's going to be right back to his top form. And he'll be wide receiver one in Cleveland. Even if Jarvis is catching more balls, Beckham will have more yards and touchdowns. That's just how he plays the game. So I'm looking at him huge. I think he's being undervalued in fantasy just based off of the production. Again, like I said with Baker, I think they do figure it out. I'm looking at him about wide receiver 20. That's about a round five grade, maybe even a little higher, maybe late round four. I think is a good spot to snipe him. Huh. We're getting a little silly now, but it's fine. I love watching the guy play. A little. I love watching him hump the air in his in his practice warm-ups. I'm talking about Jameis Winston.
2: QB1 Ooh. in New right. Orleans. Oh, and you're going back to back with two guys that I really, really wanted to put on my list especially Jameis.
1: Jameis MFing Winston. I didn't think that either of you guys would have him. I'd I'd, I'd love to lay claim to this guy. Uh, Look, man, he's going to be a starting quarterback. Taysom Hill's garbage. I don't care what Sean Payton does. He's going to figure it out. He's going to know that Taysom Hill doesn't work as a starter. What do you look – what am I looking at?
2: So, not to interrupt you, the last time Jameis Winston started 16 games, he threw for 5,100 yards. Jameis Winston's odds to lead the NFL in passing yards are 65 to one. That's like I'm I'm getting big on James as the year comes closer. Yeah. I uh, he, he that dude could be in the in the race for offensive player of the year. Like him and him and uh, whatever the hell the coach's name is down. There, I'm losing mm-hmm. it. But Sean Payton, they could they could be magic. Let down like those guys could be good.
1: He's just gotta give him a chance. I don't know. He keeps banging this Taysom drum, and I think it's time to let that one go. Uh, we all, and it's not that we're necessarily writing the Saints off, but we're certainly not talking about them like maybe we should. Uh, sure, they lost Drew Brees, who was obviously the biggest, almost probably the biggest letdown on their playoff team last year. Um, they lost, you know, Trey Hendrickson, and who was a big contributor, but and then they lost Emmanuel Sanders, who like he was just he was just a body catching balls. They didn't really have anyone better but I don't think he's that great either. Um, so, but that's still a playoff roster outside of that. They still got great linemen on both sides. They still got uh, Michael Thomas coming back from, he, he's, he is bound to prove the front office wrong and hopefully he can get out of there on a free agent contract, but um, he's he, he's going to want to perform for Jameis. And I think not only if, if Jameis performs well, that'll completely unlock Michael Thomas as a, full top receiver in the league again, not just captain slant. So I'm looking at Jameis Winston, a nice, if you're going the route, like I think you should, and not picking the quarterback in the top, like, I don't know, seven rounds load up on running backs and receivers and hopefully a tight end by that point. Jameis Winston in round eight is, huge I think and I don't think he's going to go uh that might be a little overpriced for what his average draft position is but that's just a good flyer for me to take I would love to take because I could still get like someone like Tua who is definitely going to be a starter and be at least average uh even if Jameis doesn't hit so I'd love to take a chance on someone like Jameis number two the key to the Pittsburgh offense does not name Big Ben. His name is Najee
0: Harris. Hey. All right. There's your one rookie, huh? My one rookie.
1: Dude's a beast, dude. I, I don't care what you think. That guy is going to get so much opportunity, so many carries. He can block. He can catch passes out of the backfield. I hope they use that ability of his. Dude's a monster. Um, even, And I, you don't see this too much as a rookie except for – Clyde Edwards E. Lair last year getting drafted really high. He got drafted way too high. Uh Najee Harris looks like kind of early round two for average draft position. I think that's exactly right. And uh it's exactly where I would pick him to if, if I'm if I'm sitting there at the turn of round two, definitely taking a good look at Najee Harris. Maybe, maybe more realistically, running back 10. But um
0: that's a guy I really like. This guy really likes us. Hey, I I get it. I get it.
1: Um, <laughs> Jeremy's having some difficulties over there. But yes, Najee Harris, round two, dude's a baller, dude's a beast. Pick him up in your fantasy team. He's going to carry the Steelers to wild card, uh, the third wild card spot. I promise you that. That is my. Stone Cold Lock of the Century. I. Take That's that a bet.
0: bold prediction.
1: I think it's happening. I don't know what the Ravens are going to do, but I'm, I'm, I, I, am loving the Steelers. Not a Not a lot of people are loving the Steelers. I'm loving the Steelers. Not in a take the division spot, but I'm definitely loving the Steelers. Did you did you say who number one was Yep. No. Because my number one was already mentioned. It's Joe Burrow. I love that guy. Joe Burrow, super fun to watch. He's going to be the future of the league. He's going to be better than Trevor Lawrence. People are kind of talking over his head. He had a big leg injury. Obviously, that sucks. Uh, this is his – I. this is kind of like his Andrew Luck year. Andrew Luck went off in, despite not having an offensive line. Now, I don't think he carries the Bengals to any postseason hopes because that division is kind of – I think that division is going to be great, even though there's some disappointing factors of it. But uh, I don't think the Bengals are going to be as bad as a lot of people think. I think Zach Taylor is actually still a pretty good coach. I wish the front office would take more chances, but in Cincinnati they just don't do anything like that. Except for stand firm and take Joe Burrow and give him his guy, too. Uh Still maybe a mistake based off just having your left tackle of the future and Penny Sewell sitting right there, but um, he's got his guy. He's like it, Joe Burrow recreating magic, hopefully, Eddie and
0: LSU with uh, Jamar Chase's special, cool. special, special, yeah. special. that be cool. Um, all right, good list. Do Re- you want to yeah. recap it quick? Yes. Because I wanted to touch on something before we get Jeremy's.
1: Yes, sounds good. Uh, we're going Julio. George Kittle, ODB, Odell Beckham, uh famous Jameis Winston, Eaton W's left and right. We're going to go Najee Harris carrying the crippled
0: Steelers and uh Joey Burrow. Joey Burrow. All right. I like it. I like it. All right. Do we, so, you know, we're, we'll get Jeremy's list here in a minute. Um, but do we want to jump into your fantasy point here real quick? You kind of teased it throughout this whole. I keep s- bringing it up. I'm sorry. I'm segment. So no, that's fine. That's all right, because you know we still got a couple other things to do. So I didn't know if you wanted to just kind of talk about, but what the fantasy is going to look like. Um, speak of the devil here, but um, oh, Jeremy's back. But but before we get Jeremy's list, or Jeremy, you want to hop on it quick and then we'll move on.
2: I'm ready. I had a dog had a shit emergency. So
0: <laughs> nice.
2: long, long story short. Oh, you want to just give me a recap of your list real fast?
1: Yep. I did for the podcast listeners, but I will absolutely do for you again. Uh, Cause you missed a couple. So I'm going Julio. I'm going George Kittle. I'm going Odell Beckham jr. Jameis Winston. I think he walked away is when I said Najee Harris, love that dude. He's going to be huge. And my number one is Joe Burrow. I love watching that guy. play. He's going to be running for his life. I totally understand that. Again, just to recap what I said, just like it's a, it's a, in my opinion, I think it's a secretly stacked division. Um, I think both the Steelers and the Ravens and the Bengals are going to, are going to prove a lot of people wrong. It'll be a huge, uh, in fighting in that division, the, the old black and blue days. But I think Joe Burrow, even if he's running for his life, it's his chance to prove it's his Andrew Luck year. He's going yep. to be playing. As long as that connection to Jamar Chase is happening, they're gonna start, they're gonna, they're gonna force his hand. They gotta get him some protection after that.
2: So I'm gonna I like your list too. I like both these lists so far. Oh, and I really like your one through four. I I so badly I had Odell. And Jameis both written down here, and Burrow. I have all three of those guys written down. I have my short list over here. Now, yeah. none of us overlapped on uh, even a single player. <laughs> nice, I'll really? this, good. Right oh, okay. that's good. Okay, none of us overlapped on a single. Well, player.
1: Well, I think Seth and I did Joe Burrow. I think that was it.
2: Oh, did you have Burrow? Oh, my bad. So, okay, we overlapped on one guy. So, that'll take me to my list. So, just give some insight. I have three quarterbacks, two defenders. Okay. So. Coming in at six. So I've got my guy and then my reason for why I'm here yep. on my list. Number six, Kyler Murray. Okay. Third-year quarterback, it's all coming together, not only for that offense, but for the Arizona Cardinals in general. Add Watt, add A.J. Green. Another year with Hopkins. You know, you're, you're bringing in uh, Connor for the running back. A little bit more continuity for the offense and the, defense, or, and the offensive line, especially. All they're really missing is, like, a true tight end one. Um, and this team could really take another step and it's all on the back of Kyler Murray. Uh, and talk about just as far as like dude's got the arm to make every throw in the NFL. The dude's got, I mean, he's cat like quick. I would love to see a, a foot race between him and Lamar to see who's actually truly faster. Cause Lamar's more of like a, a explosive smooth, but Kyler Murray's like, dude, that guy's like trying to catch a rabbit in the field. Like he's, yeah, that it's, quick. it's
1: literally a gazelle versus a rabbit, but they're running yeah. the same speed.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. It's just his movements are just so choppy. He looks, it looks like a little peewee kid because of his helmet, yeah. too. Yeah. But I mean, when you add on, like, he don't really make bad mistakes. Like, he don't really make, he's not known for mistakes. And he's just got arm talent for days. And then it's like, give him his third year. I think it's going to be a big jump for Kyler. I think Hopkins and him are going to take another leap. If you can just get, the ghost of A.J. Green's past, I mean, you got something. No one really knows what's going on with Fitzgerald. I would take Fitzgerald back just to have, you know, a guy underneath. And then he's still got presence. Christian Kirk. He's yeah. still got, you know. Top line you got, yeah. I mean, weapons everywhere for Kyler. And, I mean, Kyler's another guy like Lamar where it's like, hey, he could run for a 1,000. Like, he really could do it. Um, Kyler Murray, I mean, can't be a forgotten man. Um, that takes me to five. Miles Garrett. This is his first – we all hit the Browns. <laughs> we all hit the Browns for different reasons, but we all hit the Browns. Yeah. Miles Garrett, this is his first year where he's got a true guy on the other side from him pass rushing. That's a real threat. Now Clowney's not known for, you know, sacks, but he's a true is true. Fuck the playoff guy. And I mean, when you put Miles Garrett, Garrett on the other side of that, you got problems. You got to have bookends that can just cover stuff up. You've got defenders, they're gonna come back fairly healthy. You got Ward back there, you got Greedy Williams back there, you got Johnson back there. I mean, you got guys all over the defensive backfield. And I think this is gonna be the best year as far as for Miles Garrett to have a defensive player of the year award, as far as like his career so far. This is his best chance so far. So Miles Garrett comes in at five. Here's my bias pick. Jalen Hurts is my number four. Total boomer bust potential, but Year two quarterback, this is where you usually see the biggest jump. Um, I put him above Kyler for the simple fact that when they played the Cardinals last year. He's on your I, team? That too. But I didn't <laughs> put him at one. I didn't right. put him at one. No, you're right. You're right. When they played each other last year, Hurts not only looked like he belonged on the field as an NFL quarterback, but he outplayed Kyler with less. So I, for everything I've said on every pod in the last three months, Jalen Hurts has got everything you want to be an NFL quarterback. It's just refining his accuracy, which so far this preseason, he's had a couple big throws on just a rope. He looks more explosive as ever as a runner. He's making better decisions as a quarterback. And every single year, that guy's arm gets better. From his days at Oklahoma where it was like, hey, he's just a running back playing quarterback, to uh, at Alabama to so going to Oklahoma looking as like a Heisman. Right. Last year in the Eagles, he was definitely a better thrower of the football than Carson. Like it was not even a question last year.
0: Right. And
2: then now all training camp long. He gets better every year and if there's one NFL athlete that I would bet my damn whole year salary on that he's going to work, it's Jalen Hurts. That dude goes in and he works every day and he gets better every day. I'm I'm big on Hurts. Like I I compared him to kind of McNabb, he's got a similar skill set, but I think not that McNabb was known as like not being a hard worker, but Jalen Hurts, you don't see a harder working guy and it, he's he's the veterans and the eagles are gravitating him and everything. I just year 2 is going to be a big year for Jalen Hurts. Number 3. So these last three guys are just three of my like favorite players in the in the league out there. Um this is this guy is probably my favorite of the three. So three, Derwin James. Yep. I really think Good he's pick. The best. I think he's the best defender in the NFL. Like I really do. Coming back from injury It hurt last year. So, obviously, friend of the pod, Dalton Thomas, Charger fan, you know, Los Angeles Charger fan, my boy Dalton. But when Derwin went down last year, like, man, I could have shed a tear right there for Dalton because, like, I was excited to see Derwin come out Um, back from injury. And it's just so fun when you watch this guy in training camp, and it was last year too, and he's one-on-one man covering Keenan Allen, and he is with him stride for stride, and he is glued on him. And this guy's running around at two hundred thirty-five pounds, like, and he can he can hit like a linebacker. He can, he's everything everybody says Jamal Adams is. He actually uh, isn't.
1: Yeah, he, yeah, you're right.
2: We have we've got a couple of weeks with some real Jamal Adams hate. <laughs> but Derwin James is everything that that guy in the world thinks he is. Derwin James is that and some more. I right. just he's going to be this whole Charger defense coming together. He is going to be the key cog of that. I am very, very excited to see him play some football. Number two, Owen, you mentioned Julio Jones. I did. The man replacing him in ATL, in the ATL, Kelvin Ridley. All right. I don't know yeah, who they fair. were. I really, I'm surprised it's not Pitts. You know, Seth, I wanted to go Pitts, but Kelvin Ridley, man, he's actually done it in the NFL. And I've been watching the Falcons training camps, like, very closely. I don't remember who it was, but I think it was Stefan Gilmore. Oh no, no, it was Byron Jones. They were going against yes. the Dolphins. Yes, it was. You see him put that man in just a, a spin cycle? Like
1: now, yeah. There was one there's one part of about it where he was right like he, he ran literally like a six-second route, which was like it feels unrealistic in the NFL, but it's the fact that it's training camp. It was a one-on-one. Yep. Um it took a little bit to get there, but that dude, he, he took his time. He, he tricked, he tricked the hell out of Byron Jones there. Like, you know, he's, he's got that in him week to week, no matter who he's matched up against.
2: Oh yeah. Great hands fast. I mean, electric with the ball in his hands. And now he's proving to be just like one of the best route runners out there. You give him a, a good deep thrower and a good accurate quarterback that's seen it all. Matt Ryan it's going to be a very big year for Kelvin Ridley. Like that's a guy I would bet on to have like 1600 yards this year, maybe a hundred receptions. He's just not probably going to be the touchdown guy. I would say he's probably going to creep into the double digits. Cause I mean, what was it two years ago? He went off and had a, just a bunch of touchdowns, but I, I mean, is going to be a touchdown guy there. Um, but Kelvin Ridley, like true receiver one there. Like are, there's no argument of what, if he's one or not, he is true number one receiver. He's going to get all the all the targets, and that brings me to number one.
1: Well, just the, and just a fair yep. point you made about uh the touchdowns probably getting snaked a bit by Kyle Pitts because that's all Kyle Pitts does is turn plays into touchdowns. Yep, that's all he did in college. Calvin Ridley, he's going to be a yard reception monster. Monster. Fanta- fantasy wise, I'm looking at like if it's a PPR league that you're in. If that's why this whole thing really matters. What type your sc- what type of scoring type league you're in. Most leagues are half half point per per reception. If you're looking at full point per reception, Calvin Ridley's like a top. Definitely looking at him in the second round. Um, I but you're right. I don't know what the touchdown situation will be. Obviously, I, maybe teams will be keying on Kyle Pitts because like that's such an obvious like defensive move you got to make. Uh, maybe Ridley can steal something back, but that dude will just catch a lot of short yardage. He will make a lot of yak yep. after catch based off of just what he does with his feet. And uh, we'll, we'll see about what the scoring ends, but yeah, I def, definitely a guy I like too.
2: I'm i I'm big on Ridley for sure. And that brings me to number one. And I really debated if I wanted to go with this guy here, if you guys are for, for the listeners out there paying attention, I said there was three quarterbacks. I've only named two. You're number no. two. Okay. Owen, what's that? Go ahead.
1: I, I thought you were going somewhere completely different just to troll us, but we're fine. Go ahead.
2: Owen, that name is written down. <laughs> that is on my short list. That is on my short list. And when I tell you that I literally wrote up a note for the entire, what would have been probably 20 minute argument of why he's the motherfucking goat set and why he belongs on every list. Whether he's playing five years from now, he still belongs on every list. I'm going Justin Herbert. (laughs) Okay, Seth,
1: Seth, really, really quick, Seth, tell Jeremy you're thankful for him for not putting Tom Brady
2: in this list.
0: You know, I was about to walk off. So,
2: (laughs) not for a home run, not for a home run. He was going to walk off in disappointment because he knew I would have been right because he's the goat. But anyways, Justin Herbert, maybe he's the future goat. Who knows? Anyways, baby goat,
0: I like that pick
2: if it keeps trending from year one, who knows for everything I said about Derwin with the chargers coming back healthy, you know, you got a new coach in town. You've got everything moving in the right direction. You've got talent all the way across the board. You bring in Rashawn Slater. You got a book in there. You bring in Corey Lindsley. You've got guys on the offensive line. You've got receivers. Uh, you got tight ends. You got backs. you got a good coach. you got defenders all day long. I, I know I said this a couple of pods ago, it's so interesting as you're listening to these people talk about Justin Herbert, and I know I quoted this. I think it was either last week or the week before. People are saying that he looks like a guy that's been digging post holes his whole life. He's just got forearms like this. You know, if somebody has done that, man, yeah, it fucks your <laughs> arm. Okay. This yeah. is probably my fifth F-bomb, but dude, that just, that stuff wrecks your it arm. It is. I can't help it. Justin I know, Herbert, I though, I, I especially was an added game. This guy could go off for 5,000 yards this year. I like if you see a stat line of Justin Herbert's got 5,100 yards, 42 touchdowns, eight picks. And then the chargers win the West, they go 14 and three. I'm not surprised at all. And then I'd be like, I'm sorry, Matt Stafford. I thought you were going to win MVP. This, this dude's the second coming to Dan Marino. Like he's just a freak. You know, I just, nothing will surprise me at this guy. The sky's the absolute limit. If we're, if we're turning around and we're going, Hey, the best two quarterbacks in the NFL, both reside in the AFC West in the next year. No one's going to be surprised. The dude looks like a freak. He's got all the intangible. He's got a great, I mean, Mike Williams there as well. Big, high target, deep ball guy. I mean, you've got, you've got dudes on San, San Diego. Wow. On LA, like LA is going to have some fun football this year. Cause you got two MVP caliber quarterbacks probably this year, you know? Both of them yeah. got huge arms. Both of them got targets to throw the ball to. Both of them are looking to have good coaches. We'll see what happens with the Chargers. But, uh, I mean, Justin Herbert, I mean, usually you see the big step in year two. I, this could be a huge year for him. I'm excited.
0: I agree. All right. Recap that real quick.
2: Year three, QB1 and AZ, Kyler Murray. At six, five is Miles Garrett. Cleveland Browns, four, my guy. Jalen Hurts, QB one. Jalen Hurts at three coming in. Derwin James, two of my my Chargers on this list. Number two, Kelvin Ridley, first year at wide receiver one. And we're wrapping it up at the number one spot, numero uno, Justin Herbert.
0: All right, I like a lot. Justin Herbert's a good one. I didn't think about him too much, but I should have more because uh, he's an exciting young guy. All right.
2: Hey. He's the best of the second-year quarterbacks.
0: You think so, eh?
2: I'm saying that, and I got a second-year quarterback on my team. Whoa. Yes.
0: Show him some love, Owen. Give him love. All right, Owen, let's move on to some fantasy news. Like I said, we've kind of been teasing it all, all show so far. I don't know how much more you want to get into it, but what – what what are we looking like for fantasy this year? I know you've been doing your research all offseason, prepping for this, getting ready, just so we can do this.
1: Honestly, like I just you know I just got a new job two weeks ago. It's been consuming my life, uh, just in my thought processes. But boy, do I ever put time away for fantasy football draft prep. Favorite time of the year where I. Hope all you listeners have a league out there. Cause there's nothing like it to keep you involved in every game going on in the NFL and not just your one team that you like to follow, which obviously I have my one team that I like to follow. Jeremy has his one team that he likes to follow named the uh, Green Bay Packers too. But other than that, what, so cool. <laughs> all right, 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 what better reason to go order the NFL red zone channel have eight games playing on a noon Sunday and just being able to be tuned into all of them. Uh, Maybe your sports betting too. Obviously I would be doing that if it was legal in Wisconsin as well. Right now, all my attention goes to fantasy. I'm watching every player. I'm watching every big offensive snap that comes on the red zone channel. I sometimes I sacrifice pay for Sunday ticket because I'm a psychopath. Like I said, but I love just staying tuned in. And if you're listening to this podcast, you probably love staying tuned in too. So this is a great way to keep you engaged. I've been talking about specific players this whole podcast. Just little tips, little throw-ins. I'm just going to continue to do that throughout the year. That's just how it's going to go, Seth. He knows it too. He appreciates it because he's going to use it
0: against me week to week. I will. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. I can't wait, you know.
1: I would love to lay if you won, if you win in this, in this, uh, in our league championship. I would love to lay a little piece of that claim of that pie just for just maybe one thing that helped you throughout the year. I might
0: might throw a shout out or two at the end there. We'll see. Okay. Well, it better go good for you if you're listening to me. So I could sit and talk about specific players
1: all day long. Like I said, we'll sprinkle that throughout the year and in next week, uh, probably heavily. But uh, your draft's coming up, I'm sure. I hope you waited until at least this after this last week of preseason, just in case some major injuries like Josh Allen happens. Just take them out of the game. Make them play one play. Try the one play you're trying to see how it works with live bullets and just take them out. Anyway, I just thought I'd throw some tips about what my draft strategy is going in. You don't have to be absolutely psycho like me to, for, to work for you but this is what I do. Maybe it'll help you. So my draft strategy for 2021 and most other years. Number one tip for me is it's worth studying. If you have a second and you really want to win your league, why not go ahead and take some checkups on some fantasy football pundits? It's completely okay to steal from the experts. Matthew Barry at ESPN. That's what they're my... there for, right? Exactly. The Fantasy Footballers is an awesome podcast to listen to. They're just three dudes having fun, and they know their they know their shit. It's it, fantasy football is a whole way of life. Unfortunately, it's super nerdy. It gets really in depth. There's a lot of statistics getting thrown around, but these guys know their stuff. They're not just bullshitting you. So, um, so what I like to do, uh, I mentioned it before. I have my – I created a whole top 100 uh, player rankings, basically. Basically, round one, pick one, who's the number one guy I want to take? It's Christian McCaffrey. Little little teaser right there. If I had pick one, that's the guy I'd be taking right now. Good to know, Owen. Thanks. And I just go to – there you go. And I just go down the list. Um, Most leagues are – I mentioned earlier, most leagues are half-point PPR, half-point – Point per reception, which is a huge uh, argument in how fantasy does your scoring. So you want to check up with your commissioner and make sure to see what league scoring you're doing. By the way, Seth, what league scoring are we
0: doing? It's either half PPR or full. Okay, all right. Because completely... I I, can, I know I know it's in there, but I can't remember if it's if it's a half point or if it's a full point. Right. So that completely changes. Well, not
1: completely, but it definitely there's some specific players you have to consider either better or worse based on your scoring. If it's a full point PPR, Christian McCaffrey stays the same, like dude's going to ball out no matter what, but someone like Derek Henry, who I have number four in my current half point rankings, I would drop down a little bit lower because he's not going to be catching passes, which are going to be huge in your scoring if you're a full point. So like I said, I create my rankings I go heavy before the draft, and then I still do it week to week. I probably put out a top thirty or so at least. Uh, helps with Helps me with my daily fantasies as well, which I make a lot. <laughs> when you study it, When you study it week to week, you end up actually making some pretty decent money when you're paying attention. Um, but uh, I guess that's my main point: is I have my whole cheat sheet. If you want to steal it from a guy you like online, absolutely do it. It's worth it. Jeff Ratcliffe at uh, FTN Fantasy is a great choice. He's one of my favorites. Matthew Berry, like I said, the fantasy footballers. There's a ton of fantasy football guys out that do their studying. They get paid for it. That means they're probably pretty good at it. Um, so hopefully, I get paid for it one time here soon, Seth. What do you say? Maybe, maybe. Okay. okay. <laughs> Again, yeah, that was yeah. My second point being know what the scoring system for the league is. It should change the way you look at your draft. Um, third should be an obvious one. I kind of hinted at it again. Generally, running backs and receivers will rule your day. Stock up by all means. Um, definitely early rounds. There's a reason Patrick Mahomes, the obvious number one quarterback, I think for most people is still uh he's still 37th in my rankings as it currently sits wow he will okay. he will i almost guarantee he will be drafted before that in your league because people want to have the highest scoring quarterback i mean uh when you think about it basically that makes sense but when you think about it a little more in depth you have to understand the difference between patrick mahomes and someone like baker mayfield who's like you know qb 13 14 15 somewhere around there is not as high or is not that big of a difference compared to someone like Devonte adams versus i don't know emmanuel sanders i don't know right huge difference in drop off there but uh Again, stock up on running backs and receivers. There's a couple exceptions. If a quarterback falls, if you're in a very well-educated psychopath league, quarterbacks might fall. Maybe you do want to pick up one because they just keep falling and no one, everyone's too scared to pick a quarterback. Um, also, if you have the chance at the end of the first round to draft Travis Kelsey, you should probably do it. I mentioned it earlier. Tight ends in later rounds suck. You have to depend on someone like not that it's bad to depend on Big Bob Tunyon, but he's going to score two touchdowns one game and have three receptions the next three games. That's just how tight
0: ends usually roll in the current league.
2: Got any sleepers?
0: I was, that was, a, that was my question. It's like, who, who are you taking later in the rounds, Owen, that could get you some consistent fantasy points? Got Not any- obviously George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller type stuff, but
1: those are the three you want to get. You oh, don't want to I overpay. To- Go ahead. I
2: want to add to this. How many, how many tight end situations do you look at, like say Philly, where it's like Goddard looks like a potential tight end one that could have a big year, but then right. you got a guy like Ertz who hey injury bug got him last year, but this dude's only 30 years old, 30, 31.
1: Exactly. So two years ago, Zach Ertz was a top four fantasy option and like an obvious top four fantasy option at tight end. Like it was very well known. And that was for like three years straight. Zach Ertz was a top fantasy option. Now Dallas Goddard, I mean, most likely tight end one and deservingly so. Both great tight end options if they're on their own team they're going to be siphoning points away from each other until something happens. maybe week one, maybe someone gets hurt. Maybe it's obvious what their roles are and maybe just Goddard's just dominating the play share. Then you can make that play. But if you're drafting right now, I'm not, I'm waiting till way later rounds to draft someone like Goddard or Ertz. Ertz might be a good sleeper in late rounds, maybe because people don't, maybe, like I said, maybe people are sleeping on him, but you do not want to draft him very early. I would say, Maybe if you're looking about, maybe you miss out on Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Darren Waller. Um, I'd look kind of around round seven, round eight. See what you got on the board. If someone like Noah Fant, excellent upside on that guy. And in Denver, there's going to be a huge passing attack, right? And it's Teddy Teddy checkdowns, Teddy two gloves. They've Noah started- Fant. Noah Fant, Noah Fant's probably going to be his best friend. No matter how good Jerry Judy is, no matter how good Cortland Sutton is, they'll get theirs. But Noah Fant is a, a high-play guy. He's going be, he's going to go for touchdowns. That's a guy I like. Someone like Logan Thomas, who will be definitely the third option in Washington. But Ryan Fitzpatrick's smart enough to know, uh, and he's not going. to Well, he's a big okay. He's a big risk taker. But uh, Terry McLaurin's that guy. And he's not going to take risks all the time. Logan Thomas, I think, will get a lot of receptions. We'll see what he does with them, but I think he's a he's a good target as well. In uh, oh round seven, round six, round eight, see what your team is. If you're loaded up on running backs and receivers by that point, like I hope you are, then it's then you're able to take uh, take some chances on uh, high-end tight ends. Because if you get past that, we're looking at maybe tight end 10 to 40 who are all very similar. Like they're in split positions or they're in split, uh, split groups. I'll be splitting time with other tight ends who are also equally as talented. No one's really coming to the forefront. So tight ends, tight ends, a hard
0: one. I will give you that. All right. So fair me. enough. Anything else you got? Tips. Just the Tips.
1: This is just the tips. We didn't introduce it like that. That was the whole goal. And I messed it up, but Seth just mentioned it. We're just doing the tips today. Seth, I told you earlier, I asked you earlier, how much you've been mocking. Uh, I was disappointed in your answer.
0: I'm a busy man, Owen. Plus, you know what? I just got to trust the gut. It's, it's worked for me so many years because I've won so many championships Owen. Yeah. You're, you're being sarcastic. Uh, because
1: you haven't been winning. Because you haven't been mocking. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I love it.
1: And Stop I tell fired. you, for those about to mock, we salute you. Mock drafts.
2: No. You didn't like that?
1: You love that. No, That's I why.
2: like <laughs> Okay.
1: Mock drafts. They're fun to do. If you love fantasy football, you like drafting. Uh, if you like just learning more about the names that are at the current forefront – Mock drafts help you pin your strategy down so you know generally where the guys you like are being picked and you don't overpay them. Or if people are drafting higher than you'd like to draft them, maybe you put them out of your mind. Maybe they're maybe you hold on to them uh, when you go into the draft, but you're not expecting them to be there where you want. You can still draft them if they fall, but you want to look at some other alternate options. If you're – maybe you're at, I don't know, pick – Twelve and thirteen, and you're hoping Devontae Adams is there. He's probably getting picked in the top eight or nine. So, but that definitely falls for uh, obviously later rounds too. It's a big, it's a bigger hit. You want to gauge where your guys are going, so you can kind of plan your draft accordingly.
2: So, you know, I want to chime in on that. Do it. So, I'm going to play both sides of the spectrum there with. Say, Seth saying it goes with his gut. No one says he plans out. I'm a little bit of both of that. So sure. I'll be in two fantasy drafts this year, trimming down from six last year. Um, six? My, my trouble is I'm just in a shitload of them, and then I eventually pay attention to two, and then I eventually pay not attention to none of them, which is right. disappointing. But uh, I'll be in two this year, um, two leagues that I've been in for a long time. But ultimately what I do is Seth, I look at it a couple of days prior and then I'll write up a list, but I try to kind of go off, like, I don't want to sit and dwell on it because then I'll lock in on certain guys and I won't look at it as a big spectrum. So I I look at it a day or two prior, write something up and then go off that.
1: Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, that's probably a normal person's way to do it, or at least someone who's not Seth winging it every time.
2: You, you know, you know, take like Aaron Rodgers
0: in the first round, you're fine.
2: Like Seth said, you know, um, I'm a busy guy. I've got, I've got employees I got to pay attention to. I got stores I got to pay attention to. I can't just sit around and think about football all day long. But I'll tell you, damn what I do.
1: You do <laughs> anyway. Yes. I do anyways. Exactly. But, uh, exactly.
2: No, I, I, definitely, I don't, I wouldn't say wing it, but I write something up night before, day before, because uh, if I sit there and I just go, man, Kelvin Ridley, man, he's really gonna have something. I'll lock in on him, and then I won't think of any other receivers the whole damn draft. And then at the very end of the draft, I'll be taking, I don't know, some fifth stringer from the freaking Bengals. That doesn't even matter. Tyler Higby or something stupid. I don't know.
1: Tyler Higby, actually a great option in round six for a tight end. But, <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, you're right. So, obviously, you don't have to do that many mocks. Two mocks for Seth so far is actually great.
0: Do a couple I still more. have time, Owen. I still have time. What
1: I like to do is go in and I have a few guys in mind. I really want to know where they're getting picked, but I'll do the draft as a whole anyway. And then I'll kind of, you know, I'll kind of adjust my rankings accordingly as to, as to what I'm seeing for their average draft position. Right. So if a guy likes being picked way higher than I thought, I'm not, I'm probably not going to spend that much unless I really, really want them. Then I have to be like, okay, yeah, this is just what I'm going to do in round two. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, just, it's just a helpful tool, and it's fun to do for guys like us. Uh, anyway, have fun, talk shit. It's fantasy. It's fun as when you're fully, fully engaged. Jeremy just said he, 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 uh, he was over-encumbered with fantasy draft or fantasy league last year, and he kind of dropped out of all of them eventually. You don't want to do that, obviously. If you have to stick to one to stay fully engaged, that's probably what you should do, but – um, when you're checking it, if you, if you don't check it week to week, you're going to miss something, a guy's on a buy. And just because of that one guy that you forgot to take off your starters, you lost that, you lost that week. That's just what's going to happen. Like you barely ever get lucky doing that. As long as you play eight bodies or whatever your starting lineup is, uh, that's enough to be competitive. If you're missing one guy or if he's injured and you forgot about it, or you weren't paying attention or you forgot that he's in your starting lineup, whatever it is, just pay it, you know, just, just check up. Just make sure you're checking up before noon on Sunday every week. You know, just make sure. Just do a little Good, look at the good advice. First. Good, good advice. It doesn't matter so much which tight end you're playing. It matters that you're playing a tight end that is
2: playing. Good.
0: That's,
2: that's big advice right there. It doesn't matter you know. who's playing. It matters that the guy's actually playing that week.
0: It does. Sometimes that's all that matters.
2: Sometimes that's all that matters. And let me tell you, somebody that's in usually too many leagues that really matters in multiple leagues a lot of the time. 100%. 100%. <laughs> I, I can't tell you how many times I roll out and I've only got one tight end on the roster and that, that dude ain't playing for some reason.
0: Oops. My bad. All right. I like it, Owen. We'll get more as the season progresses, of course. Yes, you freaking will.
2: Um, this is
0: just the tips thank you
2: there it Perfect. is all
0: right well to segue that into our next one we got trivia mr benson's brain busters of course hey. just taking over the show that's all right um <laughs> i got some good questions for you tonight i'm excited i'm excited for it but i love that i'm ready for, i'm ready for some trivia ready for some trivia yeah. all right Ooh. Me too. Good. Jeremy, you ready?
2: Born ready, Seth. As
1: All Seth right. likes to say, because Matt Hasselbeck likes to say, I want bomb mm-hmm. All right. So uh,
0: does that mean Owens first? Yes. Beautiful. Beautiful. All right. And away we go then. All right. Aaron Donald won the Defensive Player of the Year award back to back in 2017 and 2018. Can you name the last player before Donald who won Defensive Player of the Year in back to back seasons? No. Bonus point for the years they won. Okay. Shoot, that's a it's a great
1: question. You got some names popping into my mind for some reason. I don't know how far back I want to go. This isn't the question you had specifically for me, is it? No, nope. Okay. Uh, and I don't know, I don't know why they're popping straight into my head. You have fifteen seconds. Ooh, it's gonna, it's, it'll, it'll suck if it's more recent than this. But for some reason, I'm thinking of Jason Taylor, defensive end of the Miami Dolphins. Final answer. I think I'll have that be my final answer.
0: And that is incorrect. Fair enough. Jeremy, you get to try to steal the point. I'll read the question again and then give you twenty. Don't even seconds. read it, Seth. Don't even read
2: it. You, you don't, don't even
0: wanna, you don't even want me to I don't to?
2: even want to I don't want to think about it anymore. All right. I don't know why. It's JJ Watt, right?
0: That's your final answer?
2: Yeah.
0: Correct. But, okay. JJ Watt. Correct. Uh, bonus I didn't bonus point. Bonus point if you can guess the years. 15 and
2: 16, right?
0: 15 and 16 final answer
2: well the way you paused on it now i don't know if it is no it's I had final to, answer no no
0: <laughs> i had to go i was scrolling down to the bottom where i was going to give you a point and i had to go back up and look just to make just to make sure
2: look at them just smoothing over yeah sure 50, those are the years
0: 15 and 16 sure close but no cigar
2: 16 and 17 isn't it
0: it's 14 and 15
2: oh that's where i was at first when i said his name i'm like 14 and 15, like, man, that seems too long ago. Fuck, I should have went with my gut.
0: He won it in 12, know, too. He won better. it in 12, and then 14 and 15. He almost won it four years in a row, which would have been wild.
2: I, I mean, said, that's that almost seems
1: uh, too obvious. That's why it didn't pop in my head, uh, probably.
2: Or, I mean, Owen, oh, uh, this is a viewer discretion advised episode because I'm just slinging them out. It, it definitely know? is. After I mean, it typically again, is, F-word. but... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: It typically is. You're probably right.
2: Yeah, It's too late to be starting the pod tonight. Jeremy's mouthy. It is what it is at this point, you know? Yep. It should have been that.
0: All right, Jeremy, this isn't the question for you, but it kind of just fell this way, not the Actually, designed one.
2: Isn't it my question? Owen no just went first.
0: Yeah, but I'm saying I had two design questions, one for each of you. This isn't the one, but it kind of fell this way. So Justin Herbert won the 2020 Offensive Rookie of the Year last year, of course. Since 2000, only three wide receivers won the Offensive Rookie of the Year. Can you name the most recent winner?
2: Who is this for? You. Oh, this is for me. Okay. Yeah. My bad. I was thinking it was for Owen this whole time. You want to read that to me one more time?
0: Okay. Justin Herbert won the Offensive Rookie of the Year last year. Since 2000, so the last 20 years, only three wide receivers have won the Offensive Rookie of the Year. Can you name the most recent winner?
2: The most recent winner of Rookie of the Year that's a wide receiver. Yes. Odell Beckham. Final answer. Yes.
1: Correct. Yep. Same time frame. You gave him the same years.
0: Yeah. Yep. That was on purpose.
1: Well, I mean, you didn't give him JJ Watt. I kind of messed that up, but still.
0: It was 2014. Yep. So pretty close. All right. Jeremy takes a quick 2-0 lead.
2: Should have been three. I dropped the ball in those years. It was the ones in my head, and I just didn't go with it. Dump. Go with the gut, Seth, right? Exactly. Don't, play, don't study. Go with the gut.
0: Exactly. Unless you don't have one, then you shouldn't. Ooh. All right. Owen. Yep. Since 1970, this is – Sorry, but this is probably the most diff- difficult question here.
2: Is this a is this a 3 star question?
0: No. I mean yeah, sorry, 3 star, yeah. Since 1970 with the AFL NFL merger, who is the only player to win the Pro Bowl MVP twice?
2: Ooh, I think I know this.
0: Give me please. 25 seconds after I read the question. Since the AFL NFL merger, who is the only player to win the Pro Bowl MVP twice. 25 seconds.
1: Again, I have a name that popped up quickly. Uh, I, I, I don't really have anything to back it up. It's just what popped in my
2: head. Um, hmm.
0: Five seconds.
1: I think the answer is probably a little older than what I'm gonna give, but I'm gonna go ahead and say Drew Brees. Drew Brees,
0: your final answer?
1: That it will be my final answer.
0: That is incorrect. So, Jeremy, back to you. Would you like me to repeat the question? Or are you too confident?
2: Nope. Don't wanna don't even want to think about it. Two names okay. came to my head. Two of them. Um I'm not gonna go with the one because I think it's just a homer pick. I think it's Peyton Manning.
0: Peyton Manning, your final answer. Yes, and incorrect. Incorrect. And are,
2: are we getting another? Are we getting another? So I'm
0: gonna. This is how we're gonna do it because I have one hint, and I'm gonna throw it out to both of you. I'll give 20 seconds. First person to guess it gets it. Okay. So um, I'll give you two hints. He played quarterback from 1987 to 2004. He won the MVP in 2002. But didn't win the Pro Bowl MVP in that same year.
2: What year was the years did he start playing? Eighty-seven to one. Oh, 0-4. four.
0: Twenty seconds. Neither of you guess. I'll say it. Otherwise, twenty seconds.
2: One two Pro Bowl MVPs and one MVP. Yes. Steve McNair.
0: And Jeremy, you're out. Only got 10 seconds.
1: This total blank job this sucks. Uh... 5 oh. seconds.
0: I don't got it. I It's going to suck. You're going to say it and it's going to suck. Yeah. Uh, he won it in 2000 and 2001 was the quarterback for the Oakland Raiders for the longest time. Mr. Rich Gannon. I didn't, know, I didn't know he was in the league that long. And the preseason broadcast announcer for the Green Bay Packers. He is, yeah. Crazy enough.
2: All right. Okay. Find me. I just got to find out when Steve McNair came into the league.
0: I think it was mid-90s. Steve McNair?
2: Yeah, 95. For some odd reason, yeah. I thought he came in before that. As soon as I said it, I'm like, yeah, 87 might be too soon for him. But anyways.
0: All right. Jeremy. Back to you, then. This is your question. As we're almost halfway through. Jeremy, since the award was first presented in 1967, only two Packers have won the Offensive Rookie of the Year. John Brockington did it in 1971. Who was the other? I'm on Green. Is that your... Is that your final answer? Yeah. So I I just chuckled because you just didn't even give it a second to think. You just, boom.
2: I had two names right away.
0: He said, yeah. Okay. My green final answer. Incorrect.
2: Are you going to let him steal? Well, yeah, of course. I I think I know who it is.
0: Repeat it. Okay. And then I'll give you 20 seconds. Um, since the award was first presented in 1967, only two Packers have won the offensive rookie of the year. John Brockington did it back in 1971. Who was the other one?
2: Oh, and I'm going to give you a hint. Cheeseburger, you hint. Cheeseburger Eddie. Who's that? I'm going to give you one hint though. It wasn't Aaron Rodgers.
0: Cheeseburger Eddie, please. Cheeseburger Eddie is correct. with the steel. He did it. In 2013, though, in the year he uh, made it to the Pro Bowl, too.
1: I was going to guess 12, but I guess he got drafted in 12.
2: Yeah. My Sounds guess good. was going to be uh, Sterling Sharp, otherwise.
0: That would have been a good one. That would have been a good. God one.
2: dang, I thought Amon Green was just like good right away.
1: Pretty much was. But Dorsey Levins, I think, was the starter when he came in. Yep. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Because I, uh, I think he came in in either 2000 or 2001.
2: He came in at Seattle, too, my dumbass. Wow. Oh,
0: oh, yeah, you're right, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drop
2: the ball All right.
0: That one. Owen, on to you. Chance to tie the game. This is your question. Owen, okay. the Eagles have not had a rookie win either defense or offensive rookie of the year, but did indeed have somebody win defensive player of the year. Can you name this person?
1: Ooh, that's another one was like, how far back do I want to go? Or do I want to an obvious one? That's a
2: wordy question there too, Seth.
0: Well, I just, I just had to tie them together.
2: You want to read that? You want to read that one more time?
0: Yeah. And then I'll give you 20 seconds Owen. All right. Eagles have not had a rookie win either defensive or offensive rookie of the year, but did indeed have somebody win defensive player of the year can you name that person
1: oh shoot 20 seconds couple names um maybe i go with an uh you see i'm not convinced about either or any of them but i'm pretty sure it's one of them 10 seconds
2: I will Five go
0: with, uh, I'll go with Brian Dawkins. Brian Dawkins, final answer. Yeah. yeah. Incorrect. Right. Incorrect. Jeremy, we're on to you for the steal. Would you like me to repeat the question?
2: Yeah, I want you to, because it's <laughs> it's the way you said it. Like I still kind of mess with me. You're just asking who's one defensive player of the year for the Eagles, right? Correct. Reggie White.
0: Reggie White is that your final yeah. answer? Yes, it is. Okay, that is correct.
1: Reggie White, you what? I, that's why I didn't say it because it's like, well, you're not gonna give me that answer. Well, you I guess you overthunk it
0: then, didn't you? Hey, oh, and a...
2: I, oh, and I just want to tell you something real quick. This is for all the listeners out there. He was better in Philly, Jeremy. How do you even feel? Like, you probably
1: shouldn't even feel good about having that answer because he gave me the question that was. The Packer
2: answer,
0: and then he I, just I really, a, I honestly thought that would have been easier than it was. He just this was me, a
2: lot easier than mine. He gave you a gimme,
1: exactly. He yeah. gave you the Packer question, and then he gave me the Eagle, but also Packer question.
2: Nah, it's an Eagle question. He was better in Philly.
1: <laughs> Unbelievable, Seth. I don't even
2: know who Cheeseburger Eddie is. Oh, Lacy Eddie Lacy ain't shit. Yes, you all.
0: do. Yes, you come do. on, cheese.
2: This whole, I right. didn't click until it didn't click until I said it out loud.
0: Unreal, Seth. How dare hey, you? you? You 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 thought of it. Correct answer was right in your head. You just chose not to say absolutely it. I did. I was like, well, he's not gonna give me that. I mean, there was only one easy. answer. I mean, there wasn't like you know, I had to choose. He's the only guy.
2: Dawkins has had some great years, but not never like anything like that. I, I wanted
0: to do I wanted to do a rookie of the year thing. But the Eagles didn't have any, so I, I had to asked. go with something. Let me, I'm real, Seth. All right. Go ahead. Anyways, anyways, Jeremy, back to you. You ready?
2: I am. I just wanted to search who was the rookie of the year in two, uh, 1999.
0: ninety nine. All right, Jeremy. James
2: wanted over McNabb, so
0: so similar to Owen's question earlier with JJ Watt. Only three coaches have won Coach of the Year in back-to-back years. Allie Sherman of the New York Football Giants was the first to do it in 61 and 62. Who was the last or most recent coach to do it?
2: To win back-to-back Coach of the Year? Yes. Hmm.
0: Twenty seconds.
2: Damn, because I know, I know something, but I'm not going to say because it it'll give be a, a big hint to Owen on the steal.
1: So you're not, so you don't know anything, because? No, I do know some,
2: I know something that assists in this. Um, God, I feel like it's a. I get the feeling it's like a, a dumb one of somebody and you're not going to answer, is that somebody that's not coaching anymore or not on the same team they wanted on? I am going to go with... Five seconds. Sean Payton.
0: Sean Payton? Incorrect, sir.
2: Owen, go, but Seth, if he gets it incorrect, give us one hint.
0: I got one hint for you. That's really all I had. That's all I could get. All right, Uh, Owen, back to you. you. You don't
1: even have to waste your time. I'm going to guess be much more uh you know i'm just i'm just betting on the chances here after you know how many winning seasons in a row i'm gonna go with mr mike tomlin
0: mr mike tomlin take my chance incorrect no you're wrong well i'm sorry but (laughs) all right so i have one hint and it's kind of a big hint so um I'm just going to throw it out to both of you, whoever can first get it once again. Um, But like I said, it's kind of a big hint, at least to me. Uh, So here's the hint. I'll read the question, then the hint. So only three coaches have won coach of the year in back-to-back years. Allie Sherman of the Giants was the first to do it in 61 and 62. Who was the last or most recent coach to do it? Hint is he coached for one team, but was unsuccessful in his second attempt with the team. coached for one team, but was unsuccessful in his second attempt. i give everybody, both of you, 15 seconds.
2: So he coached one team and was never successful with that team a second time.
0: 10 seconds. It, John
2: Green. I think I got a, I I got a name, but I'm, I am i don't know. Owen, it, you're
0: wrong. It's not John Green. Five seconds, Jeremy.
2: He only coached one team ever? Yes. Oh damn.
0: Um, three seconds. Two. One.
2: And, okay. I was gonna say parcells, but then when you said he's only coached one team, I'm like, it
0: uh, Joe Gibbs.
2: Oh. oh so nothing recent.
0: No, no. Joe Gibbs, he did okay. in eighty two and eighty three. Obviously, okay. he came, he retired, came back, coached Washington again, was not as successful second time. Got it. I'm all right with it. Is that one fine for you, Owen? I'm, I'm, you know, I'm mad, but I'm okay with it. I think we're back to you, right, Owen? Coming back to you. I believe so. Yep. Okay. All right. This is a good one. This is probably my favorite question. Matt Prater holds the record for the longest field goal made. Who holds the record for the longest field goal attempted? Hmm. Shoot,
1: that could be a couple people. I have one in mind for sure. 20 seconds. I, you know, I do believe, uh, again, Pat McAfee attempted like a 75-yard field goal in the preseason, but they won't count that. No. Nope. Um
2: uh, uh, shoot. Seth, you're doing this off my Rapparonis question last week, aren't you?
0: What was yours again?
2: Uh most field goals in the game.
0: Oh yeah, similar, yeah. Five Brad seconds, Williams. Owen. Five seconds.
1: I'm gonna go ahead and guess Matt Bryant.
0: He may have done it with the Matt Falcons. Bryant. I
2: Owen, you're so. incorrect. You are incorrect.
0: Owen, you are indeed incorrect. Seth, don't you, even know. No, no, questions. buzz
1: Jeremy out for doing that douchebag move just pulled right there. <laughs> buzz him out.
2: Owen, oh, this one was obvious from the start. It is Seth's boy seabass, Sebastian Janikowski. And if I remember right, I think it was a 69-yarder, right?
0: <laughs> Clever, but no. It was a 76-yard <laughs> field goal by Sebastian Janikowski.
2: I knew it was right in the range of 70. But it was 76. 76 Owen, he tried. That's his boy, Owen. You know that's his boy. Well, he keeps pulling this bullshit. He's been spitting on you. When he asked you next, who's my favorite football player of all time? It's fucking Tebow, okay?
1: <laughs> unreal, dude. Unreal is what he, what Seth is doing today. He just he's, gotta he's, know the whole He's like a, no, 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 no. <laughs> no. Don't just because you're just because you're benefiting from this bullshit he's pulling doesn't mean you get to chime in.
2: He's like a, he's like an official.
1: He's like an official who's making his mark on the game. He's like Joe Cowboy Joe West in the MLB, calling strikes and throwing people out of the game just so people know he's part of the game. Seth, Seth if you got a, if
2: you got a couple is, of is, questions, give him no one. You're ruining
1: <laughs> you're ruining the integrity of the
0: Brainbusters. <laughs> the integrity. The integrity. Hey, you know what? Just because you're not Jer- getting them right doesn't mean. Okay. I have one question left for Jeremy and then final Jeopardy.
1: I'm Owen- great at trivia. I'm I not at
0: Seth's trivia. That's not- <laughs> <laughs> all,
2: right,
0: all right. Owen, I'm, you uh, better nail you better I'm nail good. the final jeopardy. All right. All That's right, all, all right. I have to say. Okay. Ready. Owen. Or no, Jeremy. Back Jeremy. to you, Jeremy. In 1966, so another kicking one,
2: 1969,
0: okay, close, field goal posts were raised to 20 feet. In 1974, they were raised again to 30 feet. Most recently, they were raised to 35 feet. What year did they increase the post to 35 feet?
2: One more time with that.
0: Okay. In 1966, field goal posts were raised to 20 feet and 74 they were raised again to 30 feet most recently they were raised to 35 feet what year did they increase the post to 35 feet 1998 Seth final answer
2: final answer
0: what are you going to do Owen if he gets this
2: right He's gonna I, go on a tangent telling me that I'm cheating. No, I'm no, I'm totally
1: book. I'm totally indifferent now because the rule books are not
0: in my favor today. So Jeremy, you're you are incorrect. Owen, to you for the steal. Give me the years again. 66, they were raised to 20 feet. 74, they were raised to 30 feet. Most recently, they were raised to 35 feet. What year did they increase the post to 35 feet?
1: just trying to think of years that had a lot of rule changes. I don't remember Give how 20 recent seconds. this one was. What I will go with uh, the year not too far off from Jeremy's, I'm going to say 2001.
0: 2001, final answer. That is incorrect. Now, I'll throw out my hint, what I did before. You know, you get one guess, throw at it. Um, You get it. You get it. You don't. You don't. All right. My hint, not much of a hint, but at least give you a year range. Try to. The proposal was introduced by Bill Belichick.
2: Jets or Patriots, Bill Belichick? Or Browns? Or Giants? Uh, uh, All right. I'll I'll clarify that. Uh, Patriots, Bill Belichick.
0: 2009. 2009 incorrect jeremy you got 15 seconds 2000 2000 incorrect the year was 2014
2: that recent damn okay i kind
0: of thought it might
2: have been
1: but i just couldn't nail down a year specifically yep
2: i was just locked in on it was around the turn of the century for some reason i just really thought it was around that 2000 mark
0: yep 2014. All right. So going into Final Jeopardy, we have a total score of Jeremy 4, Owen 1. Owen is at least on the board.
1: Hey, so, man, every, everybody gets one,
0: you know? Exactly. He gets one. So I have 10 answers for Final Jeopardy. Eight. We will go back and forth. So really still anybody's game, Owen, so don't fret just yet, Okay. <laughs> Final Jeopardy question. We will go back and forth. I feel like uh, we could
1: run the table. I really do.
0: Hey, just could. We uh Jeremy, you'll start, right?
2: Uh Owen started the game, so I mean.
0: Well, who who did that last question? I can't remember already.
2: Me. So it's Owen. All
0: right. So Owen, you'll you'll go first. Uh, probably is fair enough because he, he's done. Uh, final <laughs> Jeopardy question. I'll give you 10 seconds to think about each answer. Okay. okay. Um, we'll do, we'll do um, each person will get 10 guesses. And then after that, we will um, actually no. each person will get five guesses. After that, we'll see how many are left and we'll go from there. Okay. Okay. Final jeopardy name, the top 10 active rushing yard leaders in the NFL.
1: Career active rushing yard leaders.
0: Active rushing yard leaders. Career. Career. Yes.
1: Uh, and I'm going to go? Yep. Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson
0: is number two.
2: Number one, Frank
0: Gore. Frank Gore is indeed number one. Back to you, Owen. Um it all it all of a sudden got a lot harder.
1: <laughs> um I'm just trying to just trying to search five seconds quick. Um shoot, now I'm I hope I don't really F this up. Uh three seconds. Can I just say Derek Henry and maybe he's top ten?
0: Derrick Henry is incorrect. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Jeremy, back okay. Sean, Sean McCoy
2: retired.
0: I can't answer that.
2: So Sean McCoy.
0: LaShawn McCoy is number three. Yep. Okay.
2: All right. We're getting there.
0: Owen, back to you. Who, me? Yeah. So we
2: got one, two, and three, right?
1: Yep. We got the top three so far.
2: Four through ten.
1: Oh, man. This is a lot harder than it should be. Five seconds. All I know is young running backs. Todd Gurley. Is he still – did he retire? Todd Gurley, is
0: that your answer? Yeah. He is number nine. Number nine. Jeremy, back to you.
2: Uh, Le'Veon Bell.
0: Le'Veon Bell is number six. Yep. Yep. Owen. I'm
1: going for a lot of long shots for you here. Um Five seconds. Let me go. Um, let me go with Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel
2: Elliott is number seven. That was, was going to be my next bet, my next guess.
0: Jeremy. So we got one,
2: two, three. Five six,
0: seconds. Seven. David Johnson david johnson incorrect
2: Ooh, not okay.
0: just outside of it just outside of it owen oh, back to you all right
1: running backs we've been doing it, doing it five seconds let me go uh, i just had a name uh, shoot i don't like it but let me go
0: melvin gordon melvin gordon incorrect yep. So each of you have two guesses left, but we have one, two, three, four left. So two guesses each. We'll see what happens.
2: I got to ask something. I we we both got two.
0: I believe so. I should
2: have one. I should have one more than him.
0: So maybe you have two, two and then Owen
2: has one. I was going to say he's got two incorrect. I got one. Well,
1: let's do. Well, I mean, if if he gets it right, there'll be three left, so we could do like two each. Yeah, true. One of it, you know. So two. Two each after Good. this.
2: Yeah. I want to fully understand this. It's career active leaders.
0: So, just yeah. Up there. So, top 10 leaders in the NFL who are active right now. I don't rushing. know
2: why, but my, my head went to like the actual top 10 in the league. And as soon as he said Togger, I'm like, what the fuck? But, anyways. Yeah. So, all right. Um,
0: 10 seconds. five seconds
2: it's got to be uh Leonard Fournette who Leonard Fournette incorrect yeah
0: I'm gonna say one on here just to give one hint one on here is gonna be controversial I figured there would be at least one okay 10 seconds uh let me I like it but I don't let me go with Joe Mixon incorrect i'm gonna throw out another hint here just to help y'all out think older running backs i'm trying we <laughs> named them both off
2: we named all three of them off older running backs damn Seth. um
0: I will say the the game is locked up for for Jeremy because Owen, you're down by five, so even if you got all four of these, Jeremy still has it. So,
1: yeah, you, you know, Jeremy won, but it really, I lost to the rule book. To the
2: question,
0: well, I, I, I guess I guess if you want to like you know um, petition this one, go ahead. Let me know how it goes. Yeah.
2: Seth, I'm like... There's
0: one player on here that has over 10,000 yards.
2: One player left with 10,000 yards.
0: He's number four. So you're missing four, five, eight, I was ten.
2: Sure, I was sure Gore, uh, Zeke was going to be four.
0: Nope. Uh, I'll say four is the controversial one. Nothing? Maybe just throw it out there for these last four.
2: It's not Marshawn, right? He's retired.
0: It is indeed Marshawn.
2: Okay, Seth. I was gonna go him early, but I was like, right right after McCoy, I was like, he's retired, right? How is he not retired?
0: He's technically not retired. He has not officially announced his retirement. He had just hasn't played on a. He didn't play on a team last year. Because he's retired. He's not, though. Not officially. He played for Seattle at the end of the year,
1: and he he came out of retirement for, like, a couple weeks, and then he left because he we went need
2: five, back to retirement. We need 5, 8, and 10. Um, That's the controversial one.
0: I had to go back in and look a little bit too, Owen, but I never found anything on, like, an official retirement. Oh, and thing,
2: I don't I think it's we'll actually because, like, somebody just came out the other day as officially retired. I don't think Marshawn's actually come out as fit. I think he's right. I don't think it's no, been he's like not. A,
1: you're just saying that because you got the yeah, just shut up. Yeah, the of
2: here. game's over. That point
1: don't
0: get it. No, it does. <laughs> There's still three I'm, left. You still have five, eight, and ten. Five, these three eight, players ten. are older as well. They're all older. Uh, none of these players play on the original team they were drafted on. One of these players, I think, just got moved to a different team this offseason. Definitely. One, turn I think, is it? uh, I think oh, it's yours.
2: It's your turn. I, I got one. Uh,
0: Mark Ingram? Mark Ingram is correct. 7,324
2: yards. Number five. Uh, Devontae Freeman?
0: No. Close, Damn. though. Close. He's just right outside of it. Back to you. Um, he played, uh, this player played for Mm -hmm. played one game last year for this team on a NFC North team. You're not going to guess it. Um, but just, just because Jeremy, uh, he was big time in Miami for a little bit and then Houston for a little bit as well. Nothing. 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 Really. This player is number 10 on the list with just short of 6,000 career yards rushing. Uh, Me
2: and Houston? Yep. Reggie Bush? No. I was like, what? I don't know. I don't
0: know. Lamar Miller. Ah, yeah.
1: Oh. No, I definitely I thought of him, but that was Mark Ingram, and then I said Mark Ingram, and I forgot about Mount Rattler. I definitely.
0: All right. There's one left. Number eight. This guy has played for I don't think quite all of the NFC East teams, but he's definitely played on a few of them. Actually, uh, he's played for all but one. He's played all Which one for the Philadelphia for- Eagles.
2: Didn't play for the Eagles.
0: But he's played for the other ones. Played with Washington. That's where he made his, his money. Then he went to Dallas. Most recently with the New York football Giants.
1: Ah, oh, shoot. I remember this being in.
2: He was just there last year, right? Yeah. God, why is the name not coming to me right now? Ah, uh, shoot.
1: Because you said Devonte Freeman, but it's
0: not. It's not him. Devontae Freeman. It's the other one. It's- it sucks I know, like the-, the answer is Alfred Morris. Morris,
2: there it is.
0: Yeah. Okay. With just above six thousand, just above right. Todd Gurley, but just below Zeke. All right. Fair well, enough. Jeremy, I believe had a final score of ten to Owen Benson's three. I'll take it. Best of luck to you next time, Owen. Which I think you're hosting next week anyway. So best of luck to us, I guess.
1: I'm just gonna yeah, I'm just gonna give Jeremy a couple questions that he won't be able to answer, but Seth won't be a part of it. So
0: Okay, perfect. Can't wait. Can't wait. All right. Well yeah, that's I the wanna, show I, that... wanna say,
2: I wanna say something real quick. Isn't that kind of wild to think that Alfred Morris had more career rushing yards than Todd Gurley?
0: I mean, as of now, yeah. Not by much though. It's not by much.
2: But still, Alfred Morris was a seventh round pick, sixth round pick. Todd yeah. Gurley's top 10, 15. Yep. That's just wild to me. Yeah. And Alfred Morris's peaks were like almost as good as Todd Gurley's peaks, you know.
0: They were. It's just Todd Gurley, Todd Gurley scored a lot of touchdowns where Alfred Morris number really did.
2: You know what that makes me think of Seth? A guy named Tom Brady. You know, he was drafted.
0: All right. <laughs> we're out of here. All right. We're not going there tonight. Too late. Too late. To Too much. All right. I was on the
2: high of winning uh, Brain Busters. I I just wanted to pop off my Brady GOAT rampage. All
0: right. Happy final preseason week to everybody. Hopefully, none of your players get hurt for fantasy and for reality. Right, right, Owen?
1: That's right. Nobody wants to see it. Stop playing preseason games. Just don't put your starters out there. It's not worth it.
0: No. All right. As always, have a good weekend. Enjoy some football and adios. Adiós. Rápano.